On this episode, we discuss The Unholy. Prequel to the movie Holy. With me, <laughs> Gillian Flynn. I'm back. I'm back. You couldn't get rid of me like an evil, dark, unholy penny. I arise and return for Shock, Shock, Shocktoberfest. <laughs> Welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalen. And with us tonight, you have probably heard her in the intro, Gillian Flynn is here. You know her from writing books such as Dark Places, Shark, Sharp Objects, not Shark Objects, so that would be Shark a great Objects is a great title for a book, though. Yeah. <laughs> Gone Girl, uh, uh, the, the film Widows, uh, Utopia, a, and a for some reason, of the Flophouse, yeah. for some reason, being Most willing to come back and talk to us on the Flophouse. That's, uh, that's how you know her. Hello. Mostly how you know me, I think. I hope primarily how you know me is that, that gal from Flophouse that shows up every once in a while. Which which movie was that? What was the episode? That the was one? Uninvited. It's Uninvited. That's why I picked Unholy That's, this oh, time. That makes oh, that's oh. the second part of the Gillian Flynn oh. Untrilogy. Next, yes, next year three will be a trend. As I next year, uh-huh. It'll be a movie called Uncola, and it's about a sprite that turns people to zombies. Oh, wow. Why do you think there's so many, like, Unholy? horror movies are just like, oh, let's just take a good thing, I guess, and I guess if we have the opposite of that, it's a bad thing and thus scary. Yeah. Uh, That's the formula. Yeah, The unalive. (laughs) The ungood. (laughs) This sounds bad. Next year, um, I will not. I will not return. It'll be called the Unback. <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh no! So sad. Never. Oh, terrible, terrible. So what do we do in this podcast? Uh, this Dan? is a podcast where we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. And in this case, we uh, did. It's it's October, or so we branded here on the Flop House Shocktober. I think DM. we're the only people jog, to jog, ever jog. say that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we talk about horror movies in Shocktober, and this time. Uh, there are a few options we offered to Gillian, and she went with the unholy. <laughs> un, un, un. And to clarify, this isn't, <laughs> there's, if you go on IMDb, there's, uh, like, a, I believe that it's a metric fuck ton of movies called the unholy. So That's true. We, yeah. we, this is t- uh, 2021. This is the new one. This is I the hope one we that's... all watch the right one. Well, I don't know. Watch the right one in. This is yep. the one the one with the criminally underused Carrie El- Elwes. I never know yeah. his name. Carrie Elwes. Carrie Elwes, who he, last appeared on the Flophouse in the character of Bobby Wobbly in the Oogie Loves movie, right? I, I mean, we were going to, I'm sure we were going to get around to it at some point, but I want to ask you guys, is Carrie Elwes good at acting or bad at acting? Because I, I love him in The Princess Bride. Wow. I think he's a wow. lot of fun. Mm. On uh, Stranger Things recently, as like the sort of callow mayor character, and then mm-hmm. I see him in a lot of things, including this one that confused me. I would Here's- suggest filtering it through a Gen Xer who was maybe thirteen at the time that Princess Bride right. came out. Right. Um, and I can say, greatest actor in the world, no matter yeah. what. Okay. Um, okay. Even uh, with a shaky but Boston also, accent, also needs some better roles. Maybe. Well, that's the thing is, yeah. Carrie always is. Carlos is one of those performers who was born for a the wrong in the wrong time. Like 
to me, his best roles to me are The Princess Bride and Robin Hood Men in Tights. And it's yes. like, yeah, he should be doing Errol Flynn type He roles. should be doing Errol Flynn movies. I completely yeah. and, agree. And they yeah, they don't make those movies anymore, which is terrible. Because it's he should be like, if he's the guy who, um, like, they should have made Pirates of the Caribbean when he was younger. And he should have done, like, the Orlando he Bloom character. Been, he would have been yeah. great. Yeah. He would have been great. He, I, I mean, the, the moments in this movie where he is best is when he gets to be a little bit bigger and he gets to be like, what accent shall I be doing right <laughs> yes. now? Who knows? Let oh, me open up the well, voice box and see what I pull out. We will get in, I must get in, we will get into that at some point. But I wanted to say real quick that I, uh-huh. I showed my son both the Errol Flynn um Robin Hood, and then he decided that his favorite actor was, quote, Claude Rains. So <laughs> we are a popular family at the school with, uh, like, he, I picture him wandering onto the playground going like, hey, uh, anyone want to talk Invisible Man with me? 1938 edition. Um, I, the, I mean, I, great he, choice, but we, yes, it's, it'll, we it'll place him as a child out of time. I feel like he's got to hang out with my kids because my kids are always like, do your Peter Lorre voice, Daddy. Yes. Do Peter Lorre. <laughs> Where's Vincent Price? That's what he recognized from, you know, Thriller the other day in the costume store. It's Vincent Price, my other favorite actor. You guys can Pretty cut cool. all this, but no, 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 it's no, good. This, this is, is meat. This is gold meat. This is meat that's been painted gold. Gold meat. Now Ugh. I had a question. Uh, well, it's cold meat. It's that oh, okay. it's gold. Uh, I had a question. It's the golden calf from the Bible. They they butchered it, and it's gold the meat. Gold old yeah. cold meat. <laughs> um. The so this book movie is based on a novel called Shrine by an author named uh-huh. James Herbert. I've never read any of his books. Have you guys read? I've I've read, of course, Frank Herbert's books, including including Tom Brokaw's favorite Dune, uh, mm-hmm. to be a major motion picture. Yes. But are you guys familiar with this this book or any of the books that that guy wrote? I'm not. No, no, I I I did no. Gillian, <laughs> I was like, I was going to say something, but it's not that interesting. Gillian, have you read it? I, I have not. During my extensive research on this show, I meant yeah. to look. I meant to look it up and dabble, at least dabble mm-hmm. a little bit. But um, I never, ma- I never made it to that. Um, this, so I, I looked know. it up on Cliff Notes. I couldn't find a Cliff Note, so I was <laughs> like, Fuck find it. a Cliff Notes. <laughs> yeah. What about a Spark Notes? Did they have any Spark Notes of it? I didn't look. You know, okay. I. They I don't put that the much work Sparks on this podcast. Which is oh, the, the notes that Sparks made about it, which is, yeah. which are, very, I mean, sounds amazing. I love it, but you can't really understand what they're saying, you know? Yeah. I, I, I watching this movie, I'm like, oh, okay, this, I could see how this premise would be a pretty good horror book premise. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was executed Pre- in a very soporific way, but <laughs> we'll get well, into it. Something we'll yeah. get into that premise, I, I'm, premise being like, I. It's a there's a long long premise. It's like which mask, which burn, which dunk, which tree, <laughs> soul tree, doll, Mary tree, Dale, doll, mm-hmm. two tree. That mm-hmm. and that's like the first ten minutes. So I would <laughs> fall of journalism, clickbait. Yeah, it's a movie that bites it. It goes to chew a lot, and yet somehow is consistently feels very empty. And I think like there's there's a lot of scenes where you're like, okay. Like that was they got across something, but uh, what I didn't realize until after I'd watched it was that so this was shot during the COVID lockdown. They had to stop and they restarted. And according to Wikipedia, it says uh, there could be no more than ten background actors on set together at once, and that's why it feels like like they're in Halloween Town from Nightmare Before Christmas, where there's like (laughs) twenty residents of this town, and you just see the same ones all the time. Uh So, uh, so let's let's get it. Oh, that's I, I feel like I feel like I, once I learned that I was like okay I I feel like I 
You cracked the code, yeah. This movie is yeah. now grading it on a curve, you know. Much more forgiving, yeah. yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. So let's talk about what happens in this movie. Okay, we open. It's 1845. That's what? right, everybody. It's it's that antebellum period that so many people in the country seem to want to go back to, and I don't know why. And we're in a, a woman's POV. We're looking through her eyes as something's nailed to something wet. And squishy, <laughs> and then she's burned alive, and her soul seems to be trapped in a doll. And yeah, yes, it is. This, this priest holds up a, a really cool looking doll. And, and now you're here's like, the, the doll's rad. Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing about this: 1845 is pretty late not, for them to be burning a witch. for witch burnings back then, right? <laughs> no, by that point they were with. Ironically, by that point they were well onto hating Catholics, which are yeah. otherwise the characters in the movie. Um, <laughs> we were talking about well, early Americans, but okay. We well, cut- also, I mean, just you know, along with the anachronism, I just like this is another one of those horror movies that's like. No, actually, they were right to burn those witches yeah, well, because the, they were evil. Like the scary thing about the witch trials was that there were no witches and they were hanging and burning yeah. innocent – mostly hanging in the United States, innocent women. But yeah, in, the, you have to – you always – it was the same way that like people who consider themselves witches like go to Salem and they walk around in their dark clothes and it's like, no, guys, you're in the wrong <laughs> yeah. place. Like, yeah, they see the, yeah, there were no actual the witches. bewitched <laughs> statue in Salem that yeah. I can't yeah. believe uh, exists. Well, that was – that's yeah, that, there's a lot of reasons that why that's from, wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it takes us back to that terrible time when men were actually threatened by women's sexuality. Oh, yeah. Isn't yeah. that weird? <laughs> Thank God we've passed, passed that. As opposed to now, <laughs> right. Enlightened. Anyway, so we go, cut to Boston, modern day. Uh, we meet Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Jerry Fenn. He's a Hell down yeah. on his luck reporter who he's he used to be a big shot, but as we learn later, he seems to have made up some stories, classic shattered glass style, mm-hmm. and has bit it fallen into scandal. And now he's he's taken $150 to drive out to some small town called Banfield and investigate a reported cattle mutilation for some, some, kind of, some kind of website that reports yeah. on cattle <laughs> mutilations. I got I gotta I gotta pump the brakes. Now okay. you brought up uh you brought up Shattered Glass, how much better would this movie be if it was Hayden Christensen? So, so I mean, Dean marginally, Morgan. I don't know, actually. How much better? <laughs> well, the thing is, Jeff, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is so calm and so controlled throughout the movie that I never uh-huh. really feel like he's in it, that he has a problem, whereas Hayden Christensen always seems like he's about to just, just like, snap at any moment. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's, that's great. Oh, man, now, you, great. Gillian, you seem to have some feelings about this man's journalism career. I do as I, well, but uh, what, what do you, I, what did you want to say? Um, multiple things. I was going to say multiple things, but... Um, Start with one and then do the, the rest two, of them. Exactly. I think my, my, as, as a, someone who had been a journalist for 10 years, I was very... I was stopped cold in my tracks that there are actually multiple clickbait outfits about supernatural cow positions these days. <laughs> I mean, I'm not in the clickbait era anymore, but... And then later on, he actually gets scooped by the rival cow <laughs> yeah, yeah. supernatural. He's like, yeah, I'm down 150 bucks. And in the meantime, I was kind of doing my math, and it was sort of like, okay, got to get drunk, so I got to buy all the, you know, all my liquor. I go, I <laughs> smash a doll. I almost run over someone. I end up in a motel. It was like by the end, it's, he owes the site money, I think. It's sort of oh, like, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give you $500 for doing this story. You know that he's doing, like, he's doing the, the math in his head the whole drive there, whether he's actually making a profit on the gas that he had to pay to get out to <laughs> right. Banfield. Like, it's Which, it's not, it's it's a low, they should have shown him, like, in a bus, being I, like, all right, got to maximize. They could have hired a yeah. photo shop guy for much less and not have to pay for the gas money to get out there and take yeah, these photos. It's yeah. it certainly not worth his time. At the same time, I'm amazed that any 
web outlet is paying $150 for a cattle <laughs> mutilation yeah. story. Well, yeah, we're, 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 li- <laughs> we're living in this beautiful time in the 21st century where people are overpaying for crap, but still not paying enough for regular people to live off of. So nobody's happy. Uh, I, yeah. I do want to say that Jeffrey Dean Morgan does not look like the kind of guy who is ever going to FaceTime somebody. But every time he talks to his editor, he's always on FaceTime. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. It does seem... Too that when I watch it, I'm like, is this? A, this seems like his whole journalism career now. Like he is yeah. totally yes. pivoted into supernatural journalism, <laughs> which yeah. is like, well, I don't know. He's gone just, from just... the dizzying heights of I think somewhere in New York, possibly, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh-huh. where the fancy people live. I'm told, and yep. he, and he discusses later on. He'll discuss, you know, why he made up the stories and says, you know. My God, like the lights, the fame, people screaming your name. And I was like, I don't think that has ever <laughs> been the case. That having, again, been a working journalist, I did not experience paparazzi following me <laughs> as I got my tuna salad sandwich. How ironic yeah. that wa- the uh, watchers would be watching the watchers at that point. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like uh, maybe this takes place in that alternate universe where Studio 60 – took place where the head writers of comedy shows hold press conferences when they're hired or yeah. in the same universe is in Roadhouse where there are famous bouncers and when they roll into town people are like he's here what this is amazing um, yeah there's I've been watching the morning show and I feel like there's times where the morning show is like the most important thing in the universe is the morning show and I'm like I don't know if people would care that much yeah. a different show would come on it's okay <laughs> yes, you can um, find your news from a computer I wish I haven't seen the morning show, but I assume it's told from the point of view of the Kathy Lee type person who handles the last hour of the show and is drunk most of the time. And she's watching all the events that are happening. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's all, it's actually all just after it's, it's told by somebody 400 years in the future. Oh, wow. <laughs> they have found a DVD of the morning show TV and show. And they're just, religion yeah. Out, yeah. And it's bad. just them to camera explaining what they saw. <laughs> Uh-huh. But and they don't Reese know the words. Witherspoon comes on, or someone who looks very similar. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> uh, so they're casting actresses in their memory. Uh huh. Yeah. And that's what yeah. those actresses are. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah this, exactly. Uh, I thought I explained it pretty clearly. You know, <laughs> yeah. I just, I'm uh, so, Crystal. <laughs> so uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, he so he's he's got to he's got to cover the story. The reporter who is famous for making things up decided he's got to get the details of the cattle mutilation story right. He can't make mm-hmm. that up, and so he goes out. It turns out a teen just just shaved an M into a cow's butt hair, uh, and he says he says the farmer, "You ever heard of the band Metallica?" But it doesn't really look like the Metallica M. It looks like some approximation. All right, it, well, Elliot, you, know. you go out and try and shave a Metallica M. That's into actually a, cow. a good point, Elliot. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Dare, it's a, dare. And, but when, I don't know. I saw Aerosmith tattooed on a cow's udder once, and it looked really that's good. True. So that's not that difficult. <laughs> um, that but while he's there, his attention, of course, as it would be, is drawn to a single tree. I uh, love that, this. That has has one raven in it. Even What's, even this is like feels super budget, where it's like we got the money for one raven and one tree. That's the it's like forest. the tree is the one element in the background, and then underneath it is like a blinking thing to indicate there's an item yeah. for you to pick up in a <laughs> yeah. video game. It's crazy. That, well, there's yes, a, it's the Looney Tunes version of the hole in the opening of the tree. And yeah, yes. Um, there's a, can, it's, I guess there's. Oh, sorry. What is that? Oh, I would just like to mark. I think it's important that we note that at minute three is the first use of the word wicked. 
so that we know we're in Massachusetts. Mm, no. And I was, just, <laughs> right. I was just curious. I am not from the New England area. So do people still use the word wicked? Because this, I was just there last weekend, and all I could see for miles around were T-shirts that either said masshole or uh, ha, dim apples or whatever. And then, <laughs> and then wicked, wicked, wicked. And I was like, is that a thing? Or is that like, I'm from Kansas City. Whenever you go home, it's sort of like it has the Alice or the... Wizard of Oz jokes, but we don't like walk around to each other right. like eh, Oz, you know. Usually, <laughs> the so way- I was curious. I think and- I, well, it, it, they say it less ever since this was a big disaster about ten years ago when the the musical Wicked opened in Boston and opening night mm-hmm. numbers were enormous. They, so many yeah. pre-sale yeah. tickets, and then they found out it was not about lit life in Boston, but uh-huh. instead the story, the Wicked Witch of the West <laughs> story. And uh-huh. the, and I remember I remember the headline in the Boston Globe the next day. Defying gravity? Question mark. Wicked fails to impress Beantown audiences, and ever since they've decided not to use the word, it's just it's just stained for them, you know. Yeah, because they saw the the green used in the poster, and they're like, "That's the color of the Celtics jerseys. It's got to be about Boston, right?" Yep, exactly. <laughs> Thousands of little girls like so excited to see the story of the Boston Celtics uh, <laughs> <laughs> put to music. Thrilled yeah. and thrilled. Not since not since the film Bird opened in Boston, everyone thought it was about Larry Bird, and they all went uh-huh, to go see it. Yep. Such uh-huh. disappointment. Uh, yep. Or the the band Boston, and everybody yeah. in Boston was like, "We get to play, wonderful!" And they crowded the stage. It was a stampede. Yeah, it was, it was and, horrible. And it, it so sent, people yeah. trampled. Yeah, it sent Ben Affleck into one of his spirals again. You know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I feel so bad for Ben Affleck seeing him in one of those like online sports betting uh, commercials, and I'm like, oh shit, he's gonna he's on a downswing again. I mean, there's no one I feel worse for than Regina King because she keeps getting locked out of her house, and it's just lucky she has that credit card so she can pass the time. <laughs> How many times is she gonna forget her keys and get locked out of her house? It's like, come on, oh, Regina I King. I thought that was a car commercial. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got the volume down, but she looks great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's so, uh, so Jeffrey Dean Morgan, he hears some sinister whispers. That's what brings him to the tree. Great title for something, sinister whispers. And he sees some <laughs> something glinting inside. It's a doll. It's the doll we saw in the opening. And he decides he's going to make a story by pretending that the farmer found the doll and that the doll was broken and somehow that's connected to the cattle mutilations. And the, and the farmer's like, that doll's not broken. So he breaks it. And so it's like – it, it's such a dumb decision for him to make that uh, that he it's has like, to do that. It's like my readers know a Kern doll must be broken in order to release the spirit within, have it go inside a tree, and pretend to be the Virgin Mary. We are stomping this doll. We got to break it. Uh, break it. At th- that night, he's driving at night. He's cursing himself for wrecking his career. He sees a woman in the road and swerves and crashes in the woods. Uh, we never that's find out what he does with— his first good decision of the day. He didn't run the woman over. <laughs> that's true. Because uh, he was also, drinking, yeah. Yeah. And uh, his car seems to be fine. We never see him uh, bringing it to the garage, or he just abandons it. I don't know. Uh, this woman, she's in a white gown. He finds her kneeling at the tree, mumbling to herself, and then she passes out. And he carries her to the closest house, which is that of the local priest, uh, played by William Sadler. That's right, the Grim Reaper himself, uh, mm-hmm. reunited with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. I don't oh, think they've ever worked together before, but I'm still calling it a reunion, you know. <laughs> oh, man. William Sadler is one of those character actors that anytime he shows up, I'm like, at least I'm going to get something out of this. Well, that was yeah. – uh, yeah, I mean th- th- this, <laughs> I have nostalgia for the early parts of watching this movie when I thought, oh, there's potential here. Look, William Sadler yeah, yeah, just yeah, showed yeah. up. Yeah. And then yeah. – it all dripped away <laughs> over the over time. There's no sad and sadler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Where is exactly. there? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, 
that I want to see a movie. Should have been named uh, William Gladler. I think we can all agree. <laughs> the Unsadler. Dumb and Dumber was a big hit. We have William Sadler under contract. We'll do Sad and Sadler. It's about two guys who are super sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically with Neil and I, right? Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Look, Dumb and Dumber was a huge hit. We've got the rights to do an American remake of With Neil and I for some reason. I don't know why we bought those. Let's just use them. Come on. Uh, so uh, he he takes a local priest, William Sadler, Father Hagen, and uh, he goes, "Oh, this is my niece Alice. Uh, she's he, uh, and he's." He and he says, "Oh, I heard her talking at the tree." And the priest and there's a doctor who shows up, uh, Doctor Gates, uh, played by Katie Azelton. And she says, "You couldn't have heard her talk. She's unable to hear or talk ever since birth." Bum bum bum. But we heard it, right? Right, guys. Mm-hmm. She was mumbling to herself something. The next day, Alice she kneels and she prays and she hears a high pitched noise and she can hear. She can hear. This is amazing. What she's done it. It's it's a miracle. And Jeffrey D. Morgan call, he calls up. He facetimes with his editor at uh, at the Creepy Gazette online, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's like, he says, at, "Forget cows. Cows are out. I got he, the new thing for he, you." He gets boss. in touch with his his editor at Spooky Chive, and he says, "This is the new story. It's a miracle." And he's like, hundred fifty dollars. You do it. That's our standard rate, no matter what the story is. And you got to know. Then he was he's facetiming with with uh, with Woodward after that, and Woodward's like, "I have proof that." Donald Trump is a zombie. Hundred fifty dollars. That's all we pay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the uh, uh, Fen, the reporter, he goes to church. The doctor is there. Uh, and Alice, she starts hearing a woman whispering her name, and she follows it to that tree outside. She just gets up and walks out while her uncle, who raised her, is is doing the sermon. Very, <laughs> very disrespectful. Uh, everyone else, everyone follows her because they're like, a girl getting up and walking was... at a church, this I gotta see. <laughs> that was yeah. the part of the movie where I was like, you know, I was like, well, I was talking to myself, you know, Dan, you aren't paying that much attention to this movie. It's perfectly possible you missed something, but it's good to know that, yes, I'm not wrong. It's strange that kinda, everyone kinda, left at that point. I kind of felt like the girls, like, because first it was the line of girls followed her, so I thought they were doing some sort of Salem witchy, yeah, Arthur yeah. Millery sort of thing, but I might might have been thinking too hard. But um, they were all, all I know is that... Um, there's always something about if you are a young girl who is afflicted with anything in a movie that um, you have to wear some sort of cashmere sensible twin set. That's very like, and, and even more so if you become possessed. It's like you just do not. It's like no, no, no. no. Back to the cardigans. Back to the cardigans. Yeah, that was. And, I, in, I and in which country you can find those anywhere? Like you go to any store, any truck stop, they have those available just because they, they're they're so in demand. Yeah, sensible New England of, of sick and or possessed girls. <laughs> I remember when I was uh, very clearly a point when I was uh, a young man in my twenties, and I said to my friend Ariel, I said, Ariel. Your your skirt matches your <laughs> your your cardigan, and she goes, "Yes, Dan. It's called a twin set." <laughs> like, great. Aww. I mean, like <laughs> these things that I would not know. But uh, Dan's, Dan's know. coming of age story. I feel like we're getting yep. into here. <laughs> yeah, that's that. I mean, that's the kind of prequel explanation that we need more of in today's media. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, now you know my you understand my fascination with twin sets now. Yeah. It yeah. explains a lot actually. Yeah, Dan's always had a fantasy about twin sets. 
<laughs> so yep. uh, anyway, Alice, she sees a vision of a woman made out of light, and she's like, oh, the lady has an ur- urgent message for all of us. And everyone's come like, back tomorrow. <laughs> come back to- <laughs> Our urgent message is come back tomorrow to see more, which is fucking so, teaser it's culture. Urgent. It's not, yeah. That's not urgent. Is she... Like, is she washing her hair? Or she, she's tr- like, the tree <laughs> is not, the tree's a mess. I, the I tree's not the ready. Come tomorrow. She's got an urgent message that the trailer drops tomorrow. So this is <laughs> so, uh, and everyone goes, they're like, I can't wait to find it. She hasn't talked before. I can't wait to find out what this message is from the lady. And uh, let me just tell you, I'm just going to, here's a spoiler alert. There's a witch named Mary in this. That witch is so lucky her name was Mary because it's it means amazing. Alice can keep saying, Mary told me this. And everyone goes, got to be the Virgin Mary. Only one Mary who it's talks to girls. It's like the case of the mixed up name. It's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> it's, if, that, if that witch had been named like like uh, Betty, it would not have worked. It, so it'd be like, Betty told me we all have to worship her. And people would be like, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> Betty White, maybe. She's a national treasure, but still. That old busybody, no. <laughs> so uh, the reporter... Uh, He's he he's like this is a bigger story than I ever thought. That uh, this girl she can talk, she can hear. Who it, this is amazing news splattered on the front page. Girl talks and hears now. Uh, she's seeing visions <laughs> of the Virgin Mary, and he calls up his old boss at a big paper and pitches the story. And she says, "Don't call me again. You're a liar." <laughs> Which is yeah. a totally re- I don't know why she took his call to be honest. Yep. Um, uh, and that night he dreams of a creepy kind of crawling hooded figure emerging from a creek. That's right, a creepy crawly creaker, a creepy crawly <laughs> creek creature. And uh, he turns out his ceiling is leaking water on him. And here's this. So we're <laughs> yeah, gonna. Just, it's just that. a weird dream. It just happens when thought, water's leaking yeah. in your face. And so, but here's the, so there's a couple times near where the movie seems like it's fainting in the direction of maybe there isn't something going on here, but it doesn't last that way for long. But here's that we we're being introduced to two different villain sides of the same character. One can talk and present herself as the Virgin Mary and think, and the other one is just a kind of gremlin-y creature that crawls around and has claws Mm. and goes... (laughs) And I couldn't... It was hard for me to believe these were the same creature, and I was wondering maybe they were just working together. Guys, what do you think? Mm. So I'm... I'm, I I had the same question, too, because I also sometimes... Does the whole I, I'm moving like a cricket backwards thing? Yeah, um, that <laughs> kind of like popular. the ring version yep. of that. And sometimes then I feel like it looks like Gollum slash Smeagol, and I think yeah. we're gonna have mm-hmm. some interesting origin story. So uh-huh, I'm yep. all for. I mean, I'm all for creature evolution. I saw a. I saw alien. Back in the day, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I'm cool. <laughs> kid, fellow kid, kids, let's talk about alien. Come on. Yeah. And or Vincent Price. Claude I'm not for either <laughs> pals of mine. Um, but uh, yeah, I kept waiting for any the linking thread about what all this was. And the last thing you want when you're and this creature pops up a lot. And the last yes. thing you want to for your audience to be is like, ugh, that guy. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's back. And then I thought, but then I thought, actually, for a while, it's, it wasn't really doing anything. So it kind of show up and I felt like it was kind of like, maybe it just couldn't talk much like our protagonist. And so it was yeah. sort of like actually mm. a friendly creature who was sort of like, you know, like, knock, knock, who's there? Damn apples. Or something. <laughs> yeah, Massachusetts. Yeah. Trying to ask about antiquing or something. It's like, yeah. we don't, we don't mm. know. But then- well, this- it, it's one of those Apple movies where the, donuts. the monster pops up to donuts. scare people and then is like, see you again tomorrow, and then leaves <laughs> yes. the room. And I'm always – I yeah. couldn't under, I couldn't figure <laughs> out when, why is this monster just not doing very much? Well, you know, why, is, only, this, why is this monster acting like the Veggie Tales and being pirates who don't do very much? <laughs> it pops up with a string set <laughs> and then goes away again. 
which mm-hmm. I thought was thoughtful. Now, yes. Dan, Dan, Dan you're, you're can, a monsterologist. What do you think? Well, I was, the only way I can make this work is, spoiler alert, the end of the movie, you know, <laughs> places this in a world where God does intervene uh, on behalf Reluctantly. of... Reluctantly. Yeah, after a long time. <laughs> he waited. He took a sweet time. But uh, so if there is a God, maybe like, these are just... you like a miracle? Check back tomorrow. Maybe these dreams... <laughs> God has a dreams. sign next to, next to the gates of heaven that says, <laughs> that says, I only gave myself enough time on, on earth to handle one person's problem at a time. Today yeah. is not your day. Tomorrow's not looking too good either. <laughs> yeah. He comes back from vacation. What the hell? Uh, no, I can only understand this maybe as like premonitions because that of the true nature of this oh, monster. Be- okay. Because if it's just the monster, it seems like a really bad strategy on the monster's part because the whole plot is like pretending to be good, pretending to be mm-hmm. miracles. Yep. And it seems to be really working against yourself if you're also simultaneously appearing in people's dreams being like, Bleh. It does seem like a <laughs> terrible strategy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, shouldn't you be like, everything's cool, play it cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't worry yourself too early. It's the con man who's like, well, Don't hello. Don't overthink I just, it. I've got an excellent business opportunity Give me your money. Here's a gun. I think you should invest in this one. Give me your money. Now, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Uh, so, it's in the swamp. It's in the swamp. Here's a hint. <laughs> Give me your money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the next day, everyone's gathered outside the church. It's a very small town. There's not a lot going on. If a girl who doesn't talk very much tells you to come back at a tree, you're going to go <laughs> yeah. do that. Uh, and and the, and the priest, um, uh, Father Hagen, is like, get out of here. Get out of here. Alice wants to be left alone. Alice doesn't feel that way, though, because Alice shows up and heals a kid in a wheelchair so he can walk. And everyone's like, it's a miracle. And inside the mm-hmm. church, meanwhile, the Virgin Mary is crying blood, a statue of the Virgin Mary. As soon She's as not you, there. As soon as I saw that statue at the beginning, like early on in the movie, I'm like, that thing is going to be crying like a mother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's crying, crying like a mother because like... her her only son was was, uh, was murdered. You know, it's going to look like what? A, a Kathy comic. With <laughs> Who did that? Why did they murder her son? Well, what? he was going around saying he was the king of kings and stuff. It's some wild so ideas. Okay, he was going around telling mm. people. Oh, this I was thinking about this the other day that uh, it's a bad sign for humanity that every couple centuries or so religions have to pop up and be like, you should be nice to each other. That that's the, and mm-hmm. then and then we forget mm-hmm. about it for like five hundred years, and then it has to happen again. It's just a bad sign for the way we do things. Okay, guys, we're gonna have we're about to get to my favorite character in the whole movie. That's right, Bishop uh-huh. Carrie Elways, the bishop of this part of Massachusetts, <laughs> and he's giving a, a slideshow on faith healing shrines and how all these shrines mean Bafo Bo for the CC, that's the Catholic <laughs> yeah, Church. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, when they confirm a miracle has occurred, they got to snap up that land and make it a shrine. And, and the so, local and the local bid, like the local business improvement district is going to make a little bit of cash because people oh, yeah. come through and they got to buy those apple cider donuts, those twin sets, <laughs> all that shit. Uh. They got to get that saltwater taffy. They needed all those ke- that kettle corn and the Cape Cod potato chips, all that they stuff. Get, yeah, they yeah. need branded votary, uh, what, votive candles and branded like holy water and that's shit amazing. like that, right? Late, <laughs> Later on, that little Alice-themed craft fair pops up so fast uh, with, with all the candles that have her Man, face you on gotta, it. Man, you got to respect that hustle, right? Oh, you got to. You have to, literally by law. Uh, and I, picture so that, a little, I picture a little stand that's like, we got dim Brayburns, dim red delicious, <laughs> dim yellow golden, dim, like, dim whatever dim you want. Uh, that's what I is, The Vatican <laughs> sent, sent someone to investigate. That's Monsignor Delgarde. Hell yeah, the hot priest. Yeah, he's a hot priest, and his job is to go around fucking up people who say they have miracles. And, like, he is the the official buzzkill of the Catholic Church. He goes and he disproves miracles left and right. And to do that, he's got to show that, one, he goes, there's three three classifications a miracle has to to abide by. One, it's got to be a spontaneous cure. 
Two, it's got to be total. Three, don't feed it after midnight. It's going to turn into a gremlin. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Those are the rules now, of a miracle. <laughs> now, there have been, you know, many things uh, referring to, like, Catholic priests doing this. Like, this is the premise of, like, the show Evil, for instance, that, like, uh-huh. they have investigators go around basically disproving miracles most of the time. So I, because that is a common theme, I don't know anything about it, but I can only assume that it's based on something in real life. Yeah, and well, I mean, people re- people report miracles to the church, and the church wants to see if by their laws it's a real miracle, and it right. distracts people from the massive criminality and immorality of well, much of the priesthood. So it's a, this it's is good, my it's point. It's all around, yeah. My point is it just seems like a bad uh, strategy <laughs> on the Catholic Church to be like, let's go out and disprove all these miracles rather than being like, yeah, yeah, sure, that's a miracle too. They're all miracles. Well, I think. Well, I think they know a lot of these miracles are going to be disproven anyway. you got to get ahead right. of that, you know. And also, if you did believe in miracles, uh, much like the old question – of the old song asking if you believed in magic. I don't, but mm-hmm. some people do. Uh-huh. If you do believe in miracles and you think that believing in the wrong miracle could damn your soul for eternity, you're going to mm. want to get it right. Is that a rule? Is that a rule? I mean, because then, then it shades into idolatry, I assume, and things like that. And uh. like that's – they take that very seriously in the Catholic Church. Again – Crimes against children, not taken as seriously, but oh, idolatry mm-hmm. taken very seriously. Mm-hmm. Guys, I'm just yeah. going out on a limb here. I'm just saying. Okay, yeah, so yeah. I can do it. That's okay. I'm Jewish. They have no power over me. Whenever whenever, <laughs> whenever, whenever a priest comes to me and they're like, do this thing, I'm like, you you have no power over me. <laughs> Elliot's going to recommend Spotlight later. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. like, the, yeah, just as a corrective to the unholy. <laughs> <laughs> the I, I'm, knows. A, I'm a lapsed Catholic, so maybe you and I could start oh. a feud. Okay. Or, or, I hope, I, I hope I'm not un- offending. Unprovable, unprove miracle. That'll be our sequel <laughs> yeah, movie yeah. that we do. Yeah, the, the unproven. unproven. I the hope most I'm not boring offend- show in the world. Because, <laughs> you know, like, meh. I don't know. Uh-huh. Could be. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, the, uh, but you're right, Dick, because it's like um, also, I know the X Files, when they originally made it, Part of the pitch was sometimes it's going to be a real thing and sometimes it's going to be a fake thing that Scully yeah. wins out. And they threw that away almost immediately. They're like, it's a lot <laughs> yeah. more fun if it always turns out to be real ghosts and <laughs> <Yeah>. monsters <laughs> Which, yeah. as, a, then, as opposed course, to Scooby-Doo. <laughs> creates yeah. a huge problem with the character of Scully as it goes on. Oh, and when after like, three years, she's like, I don't believe in aliens. I, want, exactly. I need to see a tenth person get abducted. <laughs> uh-huh. um, well, that's there's that character – uh, in the DC Universe, Doctor 13, who's like, there's always a rational explanation. I don't believe in it. And it's like, you literally live in a superhero universe. Like, just go with it. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, so they sent this guy. Meanwhile, Alice is telling the press about the lady, as she calls her. She says, Mary wants everyone's faith. And they're like, go for it, definitely. Uh, and the and Jeffrey Dean Morgan's like, says he pitches to the priests, to the bishop. He goes, give me the exclusive on Alice. I'll record the investigation, and if Alice fails, I'll take the blame and I'll set it all up. And Bishop always was like, hmm, this would be a second chance for you in a way. And I don't really know why they agreed to this agreement. This, yeah. like this have whole, everything to lose and nothing to gain. Like the plot of this whole movie is like that, uh, that Anakin and Padme meme where Anakin in this case would be saying, Mary wants your faith, and Padme's like, Mary, the mother of Christ, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> oh, that's right? such a good meme. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Father Hagen. It's, it's fun- like this is the most important thing to happen to the <laughs> church in a millennium. So you know the best person to count on is the drunk, lying, clickbait, mm-hmm. supernatural, doll-cracking 
journalist. Maybe he's maybe he's just a really good pitch man. Like maybe he's just great in the room yeah. and we're not picking up on it cuz he he rolls up his sleeves, you see he's got tattoos like he's a chef or some shit. <laughs> He's, he's got, serious. He's got. Re, he's a real low <laughs> energy pitcher, which works in the room because you have because he's making the buyer provide the energy. Yeah, that makes want, sense. You know, yeah. And we've seen that he has that great connection and chemistry with Alice since he almost ran her down. But didn't. While he was trying, but did not. Good point. Later, he does give her a mix CD, so they really did <laughs> connect. They, there's a line later. I'll skip ahead to it. There's yeah, a line yeah, later yeah. Let's get to this line. Wait, yeah. where he says, uh, where, I have it written down. Hold on. Uh, he's giving her this CD, and uh, oh, what is it? He's well, when like, he said, he's, I, he's got, like, I, made, a, I got something for you, and I said, a mix CD, and then he pulls yeah, he out goes, a mix CD. He pulls out a mix CD, and it's got, he's got, it's got classic rock, on it and he goes it's also got you know the stuff kids listen to Billy Eilish Rufus Wainwright Smashing Pumpkins and I was like yeah. hold on a second they looked up one contemporary recording artist and then like Smashing Pumpkins they're in their what 50s now like come on yeah. everybody this is the idea that kids are like oh I just can't wait to go home and t- and make a TikTok to the Rufus Wainwright album like, this is- gonna pull out my <laughs> melancholy and the infinite sadness Fine. CD that I'm still listening to <laughs> where's the toad the wet sprocket man oh, yeah man. Oh, like, just the idea that he gave her a uh, gave her a mix CD and she was like, "What do I do with this?" Throws it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do I stick this in my phone? Do, do I put this in my toaster? I don't understand how to listen to these eagles of which you speak. <laughs> but uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So uh, Father Hagen finds the Kern doll. Uh, he's suspicious. The hooded monster is about to attack him. But then, like some workers walk into the church and it disappears because I guess it has performance anxiety. Like it just can't. I can't kill someone with so many people watching. Um, um, and this is this. So there's a scene here where Alice is talking to Fan about I can hear music now. It's amazing. I'm most listening to country, and he's horrified by this. And he interviews her, and she says Mary answered her prayers for a voice, and Mary wants her and Fen to spread the word, her word, and she'll actually return Fen to power in the journalistic world if he helps. Ooh. So already this is this is she's presenting this as a Virgin Mary who makes deals, which doesn't seem to be it's like that that right there is should be a tip off yeah that, if the, that the good side isn't usually like do what i say and you will receive great power <laughs> like that's that's usually bring, a bad guy agreement bring me a zinger and thank <laughs> you um and uncle hagen he's like i don't like it everyone's exploiting alice his emphysema is acting up it's going terrible i don't want her in the past everyone who sees a miracle ends up dying or getting locked up or going yeah. crazy it's terrifying. I don't want that to happen to her. And and Jeffrey Morgan does minimal research and finds out the town has an incredible history of superstitions and <laughs> and witch magic. It's like yep. there's so many parts in this where it's like we have to find out more. Well, let me look at the first piece of paper lying on this desk. There was a witch here. Like, it's, <laughs> but um, Alice is uh, singing beautifully for the priests and the investigators. Meanwhile, they're talking while she's singing. It's very rude, and the investigators like, I disproved all these cases. It's amazing. Father Hagen suddenly he has a heart attack. Uh oh. But Alice heals him, and you know what? His emphysema is gone. He can breathe fine again. But he yeah. sees a monster behind her. Bump, bump, bump. Mm-hmm. Again, popping up. Just, this all seems like it's probably on the yeah. up and up. Just asking for a cup of sugar. <laughs> yeah, doesn't she ask him to like, like, uh, you know, like devote his life to Mary or some shit, or you know, like uh, swear, you know, swear on a stack of Marys or something to. <laughs> 
Yeah, she does. He says, you'll you'll fib, and like, it's, and again, it's such dumb threes company garbage where it's like, I met a different Mary, a different Mary. (laughs) I know. It's like how when. Has he found the magic diary yet, or is that later? No, that's in a little bit. With all the sick D&D drawings? Yeah, so it's a little bit like when Prince wanted to get out of that contract, so he changed his name, and the courts were like, nothing we can do about it. You made Mm -hmm. an agreement with this name, not with this person. It was the name making that music. Uh, so uh, the, his his lungs are completely healed. The tree is declared an official Catholic shrine. They really fast-tracked that one. They cut through all yeah. the red tape at the mm-hmm. Vatican. The news goes viral, as always happens when the Catholic church declares a, a shrine it is the biggest news in the world and the 24-hour <laughs> cable networks are all over it i guess the, the finally the religion correspondent at cnn has has a big his yeah. beat blows up you know yeah and it, and it draws tens of people to the location <laughs> <laughs> yeah the same tens Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that yeah. they had i wish they had really steered into the fact that it was shot during covid and just had each of those people wearing a sign that said 100 people on it. Like, <laughs> like a game of risk where you're like, this represents 10. This represents they have, 10. They have those cutouts that they were filling stadiums with, but they just sort of like attach them. So there's like two on each side of a person there, as they walk around. There's all these, there's all these, all these excited baseball fans went to go see this shrine. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that'd be so funny. Uh, so Finn is offered a spot at his old newspaper, but he's like, no, I want to be an editor on the special sections desk. And which what he's provided so far does not, that doesn't seem rational, but the editor, the editor, his old boss is like, uh, I'll, I'll get back to you. He's like, you don't get this story without me. And she's like, the biggest story in the world that a girl had a vision. Uh, I, I, there's no other stories that big. We've got to mm-hmm. have it. Um, yeah. So Alice is leaving. She's going to live at the diocese. Fenn gives her that mix CD to remember him by, classic rock, plus some kid stuff, as we mentioned, like Rufus <laughs> Wainwright. And Alice goes, the lady is pleased with your work. And he's like, hmm, that doesn't sound suspicious. That Great. That's the night when Father Hagen finds this old book. Stuart, please describe this old 400-year-old, uh, 200-year-old notebook that was just lying around. So yeah, it's is it, it's in the basement of the church. I think it's in the creepy basement yeah. full of and mannequins it's, and it's, with sheets. Yeah, over them. and it's stuffed in <laughs> like in a nook between a couple of stones. When he finds it, he's probably thinking, "Yay, this is some antique pornography." It is not. <laughs> it is a diary uh, about, I guess, what evil Mary, the evil witch, and it has some yes. sick drawings of demons in it that are yeah. pretty cool. Mm. It it looks like a, it, it's like a colonial teen's notebook like a colonial teen boy was like was like doodling doodling yeah yeah <laughs> doodling all like these this demons. is gonna be on the cover of my mix cd yeah <laughs> yeah exactly uh <laughs> he's like call. goody susan looks hot today yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mrs goodman proctor is is written over and over again on it. yeah he's, he's I'm, I'm just working on some cover art for my for the first album for my band hat buckle we're gonna <laughs> we're kind of like uh we're that new england pre-punk sound uh <laughs> So uh, Fenn goes out drinking with the doctor, Dr. Gates, she, and obviously there are going to be romantic interests, though it's kind of half-baked throughout. And uh, he's like, you know, I made up all these stories to stay famous. And she's like, let me tell you about Kern dolls. Anyway, some of them, they were usually buried. <laughs> are they Kern for- dolls or Kern babies? They're Kern. Mm. Uh, are they called I Kern? I thought they were called Kern babies because that's funnier. I don't know. <laughs> I, Kern, that's what I'm it's more like a thing, yeah. yeah. A Kern baby. I mean, they were invented by Jerome Kern. That's all I know about. Uh, <laughs> that's, the, that's the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> yeah, that's the cartoon. When he Kern wasn't writing, with yeah. little Jerome Kern. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's just writing writing for Broadway, but he's a baby. Uh, so she's like, these Kern dolls—they're mostly for good luck, but sometimes they'd—if they wrapped them in chains, it was because they had, they bound a demon or a witch inside and them. Put anyway, a date on them. and put a fake date on them and put a fake—that's right, because it says like. 
like February 30th, 1845 on it. And he and that he was like, stupid calendar, doesn't have that day, smash. Mm-mm. And she's like, yeah. well, they, they'd chain him up and put a fake date on it so it was like it couldn't be opened ever. And he's like, oh, I, I may have made it's a like, mistake. <laughs> I smashed that doll because I thought it was a Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> And they, they stumble over to the creek from his dream, and he sees a scary jump scare face in the creek, and he's like, i got to go talk to Father Hagen about this, because there's no other people in the town. Of course he's going to talk to Father Hagen. Gotcha. At that point, too, he does, like, I like it because there's a double jump situation. Yes. He's looking yeah. into deep, 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 deep. The, this movie takes its time, i got to tell you what. Like, <laughs> yeah. when, you're, you know, when you're closing in and waiting for the scare, it's sort of like, Stretch. I know you're not yeah. you're not about to look at anything, but you're gonna keep doing that for a while longer. And it's just like water, 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 scare, ree, ree, ree. and then he turns around to see his um, doctor of all trades friend who can read X-rays and and read sign language and have access. She she got later. She's she's like, let me translate this ancient this 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 uh, this old got book. Latin. Latin was part of the basic <laughs> curriculum at medical school. And like maybe it is. I've never been to medical school, but I've never heard another doctor say that. So <laughs> they're like, we are gonna pass this Bechdel test or die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, they taught us the international language of science at Cornell Medical College, uh, Latin, and some Latin and the Latin yeah, yeah. for to translate the devil papers. There was that time I was on a, I was on a flight, and they're like, uh, "Is there a medical doctor on the plane? We need somebody to translate this Latin." <laughs> <laughs> is there a doctor in the house? I found an old rune. Uh, but the, so uh, this is movie, it cool to break this stuff? <laughs> Should we do that? It, I was describing this. Uh, I was describing this movie to somebody recently, and I was like, it, "This is a fine movie for like a twelve-year-old sleepover party." And part of that is because, like you're saying, the jump scares take so long that it's like the movie is like, "Okay, is everyone ready? A scary mm-hmm. thing's gonna jump out. Yeah. Ready? Oh, he's still tying his shoes. Hold on. If you want to leave the room, if you don't feel comfortable, five you more hold minutes. the popcorn. So because has the popcorn has <laughs> yeah. to fly. You get like the popcorn. you might as well have a countdown clock in the in the bottom <laughs> of the screen that's like countdown to jump scare. Five, four, yeah. three. Pause. Okay, just to make sure everyone's ready. Again, yes, <laughs> and jump scare. Okay, we made it. Let's move on. Uh, there's a lot of that. So they. Uh, that she, he's gonna go talk to Hagen, but first, uh oh, Hagen. This is my favorite scene in the movie. This is a scene I actually really liked a lot. Hagen is visited in the confession booth by the evil lady, Mary the Witch, and you don't mm-hmm. see her. She's just on the other side of the confession screen, but she's threatening him in very like graphic terms. And I was like, and then I was like, this is the one scene in the movie where I was like, if it kept going in this direction with this kind of like very straightforward, evil, sinister quality, then I could have seen it doing some interesting things. But uh if this was like the first instance of scary shit happening, yeah. It would be great. It would be super effective. Like if yeah. she had been a little bit tighter on her game and hadn't let all the scary <laughs> stuff if, slip if, earlier. If, if she hadn't kept letting her her evil part out uh I, without I without say, warning. Isn't that followed immediately by I love a good hanging. Yeah. Like I love a good like suicide uh-huh. in the church sort of thing. So like that whole little vignette, I was plus she had that yeah, like, it was great. The Irish yeah. accent and yeah, mm-hmm. it's solid. And so he's like, I, I'm going to pray to Mary, and she's like, Who's which Mary is stronger, my me or your Mary? And he apparently her because because they find her, then finds him having been hung to death, hanged to death yeah. in the church. Bump bump bump. Yeah, that sequence. It, like if that was the opening of the movie almost, and then the rest of the movie was. Completely different. Uh, it would have been a different movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so, yep. And the bishop is like, there's nothing to see here. It's just a normal suicide. And it's one of those things where it's like, you should, well, shouldn't the bishop be curious about why one of his priests 
committed suicide if that's actually what happened. <laughs> like, like, nothing that, to see here. Not that really his here. choice too, like to make, proclaim that. Like as the bishop, <laughs> as the bishop, I'm going to say, don't worry about it's it. It's his case, Dan. Yeah, he's detective. The precinct bishop. gave this one to him. He was just <laughs> happy to just, be. He's a descendant to Father Brown, I guess. The uh, it's like yeah, he's, he's like it's a, on church property, therefore American law does not apply. I declare this uh, 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 self hanging, and uh, he's like Fen, could you keep quiet on this because we really need more shrines. The world's going to hell, and the only thing that's going to save us is shrines. That's going to back up our faith. And and Fen's like that's okay. I don't know if I totally buy that logic, but uh, he talks to Alice, and Alice is like I'm sad, but I still believe in Mary. She's the best. But then uh, Fen, he, every time he goes back to his hotel, Mary is there to whisper at him and like kind of hover around as a hooded well, spooky monster and not do anything. And it's like, and is she, a, is she also a... staying at that hotel? Is that what it is? <laughs> like Mary Mary the witch is also staying at the motel and keeps bumping into him on the way to the ice she, machine? She only got paid 150 bucks to be here, so <laughs> right. what do you want? <laughs> speaking of pay, we're, we're assuming he's still staying in that motel. He hasn't gotten paid yet. And no. yet he goes to this, he, he goes to the funeral for, uh, for Father Hagen and he's wearing different clothes. Like, does he just keep funereal garb in the back of his car? Did he buy those? Like, did, I, I don't know. They're next to the twin set and Dim Apples t-shirts. Thank you. Yeah, I so. yeah. Aisle three. <laughs> <laughs> I like this idea of like, yeah, adventures of Masshole Father Hagen. Just like, <laughs> Carrie always going around being a priest, but being real Boston. Yeah. Real super boston yeah. It's an aisle, it's like, someone die? And the narrow, <laughs> just eating cream pies and Yankee beans, and yeah. Uh, speaking speaking of which, so, speaking of someone die, I would like to mark that about at this point of which you are speaking, Elliot, we're like, I counted fifty two minutes into the movie, and no one, it was before Mister Father mm. Hagen died, and I, yeah. I had written in my notes, someone die. With exclamation marks, because I was getting so, like, you... This, this movie has such an incredibly low body count, which, again, if it was a real-life story, good. I want it to be... I want every yes. real-life story to have a minimal body count. But if it's a yep. movie, like, come on. There's, like, get some... Get some... get Drop some guys on the floor. Come on. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> That's why Elliot's watching the Muppet movie, like, when are one of them gonna die? <laughs> <laughs> come on. You hit Gonzo's car movie. with your car. Someone should have perished in that crash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, at least at the end, I know Kermit's legs are gonna get chopped off by Doc Hopper. That'll, yeah. Maybe that'll make up for are it. Are you telling me that Rolf is more interesting alive than dead? I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, no. Rolf is one of those characters I appreciate more as a grown-up. But as a kid, I was always like, as a kid, I was always like, enough Rolf stuff. D- enough with Rolf. There's like, something I find irresistible. <laughs> <laughs> We got a grin uh, that goes. The nights are long. Hit it, guys. Um, I hope, hope that something, something better comes, comes along. along. But yeah, that's that, that, every time I'd watch the Muppet Show as a kid and Rolf would come on and be like, oh, God. He's going to sing some song. It's not going to be funny, but he's going to waggle his eyes like he thinks it's funny. And <laughs> Anyway, but of course, Jim Henson, Jim Henson I I'm think, sure, was like, I love this character. He's amazing. Oh, he totally did. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think that I had the same thing. As a kid, I'm like, well, well, now there's just going to be some piano playing, but now I love I love that dog so much. I will Ralph's say, I have, uh, as a screenwriter, there are entire characters and character arcs that are in things that I do only to amuse me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I cannot I defend it. them. If you ask me to, I will just say, because <laughs> that's cool. 
I don't know. Yeah. It made me laugh. You're by yourself a long time and you're great. writing. Like, you just. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, it just, it just worries me because at a certain point, Jim Henson became more Rolf than man. And that was not good for him. Mm-hmm. You know, when his, his family would walk into his room and they'd hear two voices and they'd walk in, it was just Jim. And it turned out he was talking to himself as Rolf in the middle of the night. Very scary. Not as scary as the unholy, though, because as we'll see, <laughs> checking nice. his interview footage, thank you. Uh, Fenn sees that Mary's blurry shape has appeared next to Alice, and then it disappears. He pauses the the image and then the video, and then Mary keeps moving and then disappears. Yeah, and that it's makes like, come him on, suspect dude. something might be going on, huh? Come on, dude. Like sinister. Like I'm not a huge fan of the movie Sinister, but at least that movie <laughs> did that <laughs> shit right. <laughs> Like, if you're going to do, like, weird video shenanigans, Just at least do it. Yeah. Right. yeah. That's what the, the the rave from you on the poster for Sinister says. Does weird video shenanigans right? <laughs> yeah. Wellington. That's a rave. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so he goes, uh, anyway, he asks the doctor, he goes, can you show me the church records? And she has to, because she's the only other person uh, in the movie. It, it doesn't really make sense that she's the one you would go to to find them. Um, and while Hagen's funeral, funeral's going on, they go to that spooky basement. They find the demon diary. This is when the doctor says, oh, I know Latin. I learned it in medical school. And she translates that it was the hanging of the witch and bride of Satan, Mary Elnor. And Mary was a miracle worker who claimed to speak for the Virgin Mary, but she killed anyone who challenged her. And then she confessed to serving Satan. So they had a Virgin Mary mask nailed to her face, which seems like overkill. <laughs> and then yeah. they hung her, burned her, and her ashes were put in that turn I mean- doll. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yeah, Dang, I mean, like, we're not messing around back then. Yeah, yeah. Even if this person's a demon, like, I feel like the, the church should have been like some. There should have been somebody who was like, okay, we I agreed. We have to deal with the demon. Do we have to nail a mask to her face? Is that part of like what we do as the is, church is right that now? Our thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and also, does it have to sound sort of like I'm eating pickles when I nail the mask? Like the, yeah. I was trying to figure out what the fuck that sound was. That sound at the beginning oh, is man. so funny. Because it's like, work. yeah, someone's hitting a wet sock against a wall. And you're mm-hmm. like, what? what? Like, it's such a goofy sound. But what yeah. do I know? I have, not, I have not had the fortune to be at a mask nailing ever in my life. No. So True. Who's to say? <laughs> and I imagine the guy walks up with the mask and the nails and someone's like, is that part of it? And he goes, it's not strictly regulation. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's not, not part of it. <laughs> do you have just a, yeah, do you have like, a strap so I guess that we could use instead of those things? Or? They're like, we're all done here. He's like, but I brought the mask and nails. They're like, oh, Charlie, fine. fine. <laughs> Go ahead. Get it out of your system. It's going to anyway. whine all night otherwise. Uh, and so Alice this is, is where they, they, after reading this scary story, they're like, oh, this is pretty scary. And then they look over and they're like, man, was this room always filled with mannequins covered in fucking sheets? And they're like, I guess so. So they walk over and they pull one off. Turns out it's just a very happy looking Jesus statue. And you're like, okay, this looks a little it's, weird. It is a. It looks like Buddy Jesus. It does look like Buddy Jesus. I just and it's like it's like a puckishly like like little rascal Bob's big boy smiling Jesus. And you understand why they threw a sheet over it. They were like, this is ridiculous. We can't put this in the church. They like yeah, yeah. it arrives there and they call up the uh, they call no up the, know, this, yeah. the relic. Set the uh, the um, uh, the whatever you the statue manufacturer the re- and they're like you got to take this back it looks <laughs> ridiculous like that smile what Jesus mm-hmm. is a happy guy he died for our sins he's in heaven now yeah. no 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 it, this is this goes beyond the pale well we have a no returns policy okay put in the basement put a sheet over it so they we have this like fake out scare. And then immediately a different mannequin turns out that it's Scary Mary and she flies at them and then they just like fly out of the church and that's the end of the scene. 
They yeah, get, right? they load like it's edited super the weird, and then they're kind of like, "Well, that was weird. That happened." <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's like that. Mary is like, "They left the room. I'm powerless to stop them. I can't. I can't get to them anywhere else. Better I only, find I only a have a puddle of water to read." <laughs> <laughs> she's going through her location card deck, and she's like, oh, "I already used up forest and 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 field. Uh, what do I have left?" Um, meanwhile, while that's happening, Alice tells everyone, "Hey." Mary wants us to hold a big a big event for her at the Shrine Tree tomorrow, and everyone's like, "Yeah, definitely." But every but but we have to pretend like it wasn't Mary's idea. She wants it to be a surprise, so everybody. Uh, and Fen, his boss calls and is like, "You got the job. You can be the editor of your own demons and cattle section of the newspaper. <laughs> Whatever you want to put in it." It's like, I mean, this is the field that I got forced into. It's not what my passion is. I don't care. You want to make it about girls who used to not talk and now they talk great. It's going to be a special insert every day in the paper. You got pages to fill. Let's get to it. I just, I mean, like, it is a weird, for someone who, like, was, you know, ruined their career by lying, I feel like supernatural is a weird choice of of thing to get into. Like, what's a solid show? It was on for seasons I, and seasons. There's so many episodes to catch up on. That's yeah. true. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. a statement of the malleability of truth in today's current social political climate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was oh, assuming. Wow, Were you guys yeah. not catching that at all? <laughs> no, it makes sense. I'm, I'm very. I'm. I'm pretty bright. So <laughs> what is what is politics except a sort of black magic that that uh, that deals with the wills of the weak? Yeah, sure, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah, wow, definitely. yeah, I never even thought about that. Huh? This yeah. is, I was, I was so focused on the Kern babies podcast. Yeah. You, you made this show so much smarter. Usually, we just talk about like butts. I mean, I've got thoughts on that too. So So normally when I watch a movie, I leave my third eye closed, but I guess I should have made it open. That was my mistake. (laughs) How how do you open it? What What do you do to open up that third eye? Uh, I mean, well, the first thing is you got to make sure to moisturize. Okay. Goes <laughs> <laughs> sure yeah, without saying. There's no eye there in the first place. You guess it's going to need to be pretty pliable for yeah, it. To yeah, you, open you don't up. want a dry and cracked forehead. That's now step obviously, one, okay. obviously, our listeners who are two Ataras, that's a New Zealand lizard that has a light sensitive patch of cells on the top of its head that might have been a third eye at one point. Oh. You don't have to listen to this. Your third eye is always open. That's just what you do. But most of our listeners are not two Ataras, and so Stuart, uh-huh. what's step number two? Step number Both. two. So you go and you you uh, you go into Spotify and you queue up every single Tool album and you hit shuffle. <laughs> and you want wow. and you want to remove Third Eye Blind from your from your playlist, right? That's it gonna seems be the ironic, but yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, it's a common mistake. That's why. Okay, that's that's more that's more of Stu Wellington's tips for living. Uh, you can find more of that at his website, <laughs> WellingtonWorld.com. It's, well, it's a daily feature in the paper. Yeah, I got yeah, it from yeah, yeah. all my supernatural. I remember, I remember when you 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 found that supernatural story. That that was a worldwide hit, and now you have your special lifestyle section of the newspaper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm in charge. Yeah. I, I run the twin set section. <laughs> <laughs> Very specific Ugh. newspaper. Always news and twin sets, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you handle cattle tattooing. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, I, I mean, I've been... Uh, how long have I been on the cattle tattooing beat? I can't, you You're know. You're jaded. Still, You're a little jaded. I don't know. A I little bit. I feel, like, I feel like I've seen it all. But every now and then I kind of come across a cattle tattoo that really blows my mind. And I'm like, no, there's something new here. There's something mm-hmm. still new to be done. Yeah. I still feel something in here, you think. Yeah. You see that yeah. tattooed cattle rear. <laughs> when, I, when I see that, t- that cow and there's a tattoo on the back of a Grateful Dead skeleton with roses all over it, all around, I'm like, you know what? Yes, there is, there is a reason to keep getting up in the morning. Sure, yeah. <laughs> like, Angel is my centerfold. <laughs> on a cow's ass. <laughs> I don't know. That was a, that was a reach, but um, 
Let's go on to placebo effects. Okay. Oh, oh sure. Wow. Okay. So, uh, Fen, he's like, I'm going to, so Fen turns his old boss down. He tries to warn the bishop, but the bishop is like, yeah, I knew about that witch, Mary Eleanor. Who gives a shit? I don't care. And he's like, he's like uh, it really is. He's like, you bore me. <laughs> he's like, I don't get, I don't, it doesn't matter. Uh, Fen, he goes and he realizes, he does some more research in the dark. He reads a microfilm and he finds out that Mary had a son who is Alice's ancestor. She's going to live again through Alice. She can only come back to life through her descendants. Uh, the microphone burns up. Uh, there's a, a statue explodes. There's a monster in there. Anyway, uh, the investigator comes in and saves him. He's reading all these prayers uh, to stop the evil Mary. And then this was kind of a cool thing where Mary does some magic and the ink in his in his prayer book, mm-hmm. uh, just the, the letters turn back to ink and run off. If it wasn't CGI, it would have looked Cooler. It's quite a comment on print media, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. Uh, Stacy Stewart now. Yeah. 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 Oh wow! Oh wow! Okay. It's opening. I guess this is a rich text. You're right. You're thinking. Yeah. Uh-huh. Now the now, so I'll, I think we can we can all agree that Mary's got a lot of fucking powers, right? It's not just <laughs> when people are like, "Fuck, I'm going to turn her and run the other way," and then she's immediately there. She does that all the time in this. Constantly. But she can yeah. also like make shit explode, make ink melt. Uh, <laughs> Bur- burning, everything. Uh, bleed, in Jesus, bleed in Jesus' eyes. Bleed in Jesus' what, eyes. That's, like a, that's what, like, Robin, I think, Batman and Robin, like, bleed in Jesus' eyes. <laughs> I, and, like, the person who cleans the church is like, that'd be good, too, Dan. Yeah. So, yeah, Mary's got a lot of powers. None of them are that helpful, really, because the investigator still prays her away. He's like, prayer, 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 and she leaves. And <laughs> yeah. they're like, everyone uh-huh. at the service is in danger. She's going to ask them to uh, to give their faith. Their faith is empowering the evil, and she's going to ask them to give their faith in Mary three times. And if they say yes three times, by the third time, their souls are damned forever. Which seems like a bad... Like, if that's the well, game you're I, playing... I, yeah. I have a question, like, Is that yes. true? That was... I missed that. <laughs> that I, true? I missed that part. I haven't done I the research. They do say that. They're like... They're, because they're like and then they have they do it twice and they're and and the evil mary is like this is it and it's one of those things where it's like mm-hmm. oh there was a time, time period right? in um in russia in like the 18th century i think it was where there was a big argument over do you cross yourself with two fingers or with three fingers and it was and people were like i gotta do this the right way because if i do it the wrong way i'm gonna go to hell forever and i, I wonder how many people have managed to get to the point of like why is it so important to God whether I do this with two fingers or three fingers? I don't get it. And so with your, the idea that like that God would be like, look, I know you. it, it was under false pretenses that you were pledging uh, to my mom, Mary, and not to this evil witch, but mm-hmm. you did it three times. My hands are tied. I'm sorry. There's nothing I can do about it. You know? It'd be really it's, funny to find out that God's really into numerology. And you're like, God, you're in control of all of this. Like, why, why are you into this thing? He's like, I don't know. It just works. Yeah, because you're God. <laughs> three is a power number, everyone. <laughs> That God is just doing his looking up his horoscope every day. He's like, maybe yeah. today's a good day to get a new job. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm uh, in this fucking Mercury retrograde. He's killing me. <laughs> I wish there was something I could do about it. Uh, so we see all the Alice merch being sold outside the shrine. I don't know where they got the licenses to set up these these merch tables, but I guess that's something that will they, they, they just did. And the bishop tells yep. the security or guys. Mary. Or yeah, the bishop tells security guys keep Fen out of here. We don't not we don't need him. Just send okay. him away. Um, He's like showing him pictures on his phone, right? It's great. He yeah, like he shows pulled up his Wikipedia of. page. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the bishop 
Carrie always, he starts the service and the investigator is blessing some stuff for Fenn to use in the fight. I don't even remember what he blesses because I don't think they use any of it. Because evil man, because he's like, now I light, this is, this is a part that could have been so Abbott and Costello. And it kind of was, he was like, now I just got to light a match and light this candle and we'll be all blessed. And he lights the match and the wind blows it out. (laughs) Oh, okay. Let me just do one more. Lights the match, wind blows it out. And it's Mary creating winds. And, but it's so funny because he's like, like, Mary will appear behind him. Third Blow match. out the match, and then she disappears, <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> and, you, yeah, I w- and she she does a little laugh like the dog in Duck Hunt when you miss both of the ducks, and, and, then, and, then, and then ducks back down. Um, anyway, uh, the evil Mary she causes a big crucifix to light on fire, and then the crucifix falls on top of the Monsignor and kills him. And it was like, movie, you're trying hard, but you're not making up for the lack of yeah. deaths up yeah. to this point. Yeah. That one and was good. I like that one. Statues of crying blood. Fanny. It's also one of those moments where you're like, why was this Monsignor character in the movie? He kind of didn't really investigate very much, and, <laughs> and he it was totally ineffectual here. Uh, I guess they just needed a body. So... Uh, Fenn is like, doubt. Doubt's the only thing that fights faith, just like in the movie mm-hmm. of the same name. We need uh-huh. to make them based on the hit play. We need to make them doubt Mary. How are we going to do it? And Alice is having everyone hail her. They're calling her Mary of Banfield because Banfield is the town. And suddenly Alice starts getting demonized, which should have been a real sign to the people in the front row at least that this wasn't going great. And Fen walks yeah. in and he starts shouting, I faked it all. I faked the miracles. I faked it. And meanwhile, and the, thing the doctor is, he's not even he's not even mic'd up. Like they no. wouldn't hear his ass. No, well, they're kind of ignoring him for a while. And the doctor walks in and goes, Alice, Mary's evil. She's using you. She's lying to you. And what's funny is that no one seems to know Alice sees the doctor and hears her. No one else in the room seems to notice the doctor yelling these things at all. They're having a private conversation at mm-hmm. either end of a crowded tent. Well, Alice is on stage. It's <laughs> it like it's there's a lot going on room, and the bishop eventually well, also, is like, but like I'm not really sh- yeah. I'm not really sure what you know uh, he he thinks he's going to do by saying that he faked it all when she is clearly like on stage able to like talk and hear like I, I I don't know like this is like this is a very weird strategy when there's uh empirical evidence that something did happen whether or not it was a miracle like just being I like know, I faked it was it's it reminds me a little bit there's the there's the French lady who was the longest recorded living person she lived like 125 oh, yeah. years old and people are like it's a fake when her daughter was in her 30s and she was in her 50s, she switched places with her daughter. And that's and she's been living under her daughter's name. And I'm like – and it's like, but you would have to know for that plan to work, you'd have to know that you would live yeah. to be like 100 years old. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't really make sense as a plan. I guess, I guess that recent human history uh, should prove to me <laughs> that – <laughs> like evidence is not worth anything when it comes to people. Of course beliefs. not, Dan. Well, the, the way that like every every video that goes up on TikTok, people are like, "Let's look a little deeper and see what the conspiracy is behind this one." So, like, I don't know. I think the guy just didn't notice his girlfriend walked into the room, and that's why it took him a minute to recognize her. Like, no, 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 no. Well, we have to look at what happened here. Yeah. It's like the three ladies and the baby ghost. Mm. Three ladies and the baby ghost. <laughs> gotta, gotta get in there. It's, it's Halloween time. I, I <laughs> well, I was also researching. I have this weird thing. Like now that I've like done. Well, I love props. I love props on movies, and I love how much commitment mm-hmm. there is. Like the things that are coming Carrot to the top. side of the yep. scene. It's so cool. I would come back as a props master in my next next life. But so I was 
I I was watching. <laughs> this one had great like commentary on the scroll line as the is doing the live screen as everyone thinks Mary is coming you know coming back to the earth and it's like uh-huh. is Mary is Alice vegan is Alice you know all these great <laughs> like I was like great little questions then I'd watched <laughs> Brahms the boy too and uh-huh. his list was saying it was the possessed doll and he was saying you know Edwin says never leave Edwin alone Edwin. And says, never leave him. He always has to be a part of the family. Edwin likes to be natally dressed and look very good. And then you scroll down farther and it says, never eat in the freezer. And uh, <laughs> in all exclamation marks. And I, wouldn't, I deeply now I'm obsessed with why Edwin does or does not want to eat in the freezer. Please. <laughs> Anyone listening to this, if this has not been edited, which I hope it has been, but you know, send my Twitter feed. Is there a backstory yeah. that Edwin does not like to eat in a freezer? And also, how does one do that? Yeah, Edwin, and if this you're is listening, from Brahms the Boy Two, right? This is Brahms the Boy Two on okay. the list that Edwin. Creates. All right, well, and I'm she will open up Edwin a case just, file for this. He just looks like an Edwin. I don't know if that's his name. I, he oh. could be a he could be a Charlie. Charlie, Edwin. I like the yeah. idea of of assigning names to characters in movies when you don't remember what their name is. You're, yeah. you're like, <laughs> then there's this part in Casablanca where Steven is talking to Rachel, and he's just like, ah, why'd you have to walk into my bar, Rachel? Um, <laughs> so, um, Oh, Cody. He, <laughs> so Cody, that's at the end when, when, uh, when Cody says to Madison, this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Uh, and so uh, the bishop is like, eh, you know what? Security, I know I told you to keep Fen out. Just let him talk. Why not? And Fen is like, I made the whole story up. And Doctor's like, Alice, fight Mary. And the two, their two stories are really at cross purposes that uh, Fen is like, there was no Mary. I made it up. And the Doctor is feet away yelling, Alice, fight Mary. She's trying to take over your body. <laughs> it's, they got to get their stories straight. It's, it's confusing. But uh, And Mary tells Alice, without their souls, I'll never let you speak again. And that's when Alice tells the crowd, Mary's not real. We made it all up. We made it all up. And the crowd is instantly like, boo, we don't like you. Boo, you lying (laughs) girl. Boo. And And then Mary's like, I tried to do this the easy way. And then cracks her super long, scary knuckles and jumps out of a burning tree. Yep, the tree lights on fire. Everyone runs out. uh, And the kid Alice healed, his legs stopped working. So the doctor has to carry him because his parents, I guess, abandoned him in the burning room (laughs) when when, the minute the trouble started. It was real forced. Majeure moment for, for that kid. <laughs> also, because Katie Azelton, God bless her, who I love, was criminally underused and was assigned only to explain certain anything doctor related and or uh-huh. to run errands. Because remember, like at one point, they're like running to the hospital to save the day, and he's like, "You go that way," and he's like, yeah, yeah. she sends her completely off screen." And then this is, is like, "You scoop the boy." She seemed to be given a a series of of semi pointless errands. Tasks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Menial yeah she, tasks. Uh, yeah, very nothing part, but she made enough of an impression that I looked her up. I didn't realize that she among she's uh, on the league. Uh, I love the league so much. Well, and along with being an actor, she directed Black Rock, which uh, was a horror movie I enjoyed with uh, Lake Bell and Kate. I Popper, didn't know so. that. That's a great yeah. movie. Yeah. All right. Well, use her more. Dang it. Yeah. Um, I say let's let's a doctor, <laughs> a doctor Gate spinoff uh, in the next one, The Unholy Two, <laughs> which is about two unholy people. Unholy. Uh, uh, you know what? And then Unholy is pretty good too. There's the Unholy Three is a movie. That's a movie that exists mm-hmm. already. So um, 
Maybe they're maybe they're tied in. Those two. don't eat uh, in the freezer. Holy <laughs> three. <laughs> We'll reboot that. Yeah. <laughs> so the uh, who owns the estate of Todd Browning? <laughs> I don't. I think it was thrown away. To be honest. Uh, but yeah, the Unholy Three. Yeah, yeah. There were, and he did two different versions of it, right? The silent version and the sound version of the Unholy yeah. Three. Um, both of them good. Uh, both of them involve the main the unholy character. Holy Six now. But yeah, both of them involve the main the main uh, male villain dressing up as an old lady for kind of unnecessary reasons. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, Mary emerges from that flaming tree. It was it, uh, it was to spend more time with his kids, right? Because uh, <laughs> yeah, so that's what the old holy his ex-wife is about. was dating Pierce Pierce Brosnan, right? Yeah, her, his ex-wife yeah. was dating James Bond. So all all he can do is I wonder if maybe there's a maybe there's a world where I'm, I'm making this an official unofficial movie crossover. Mrs. Doubtfire is now uh-huh. a sequel to The Long Good Friday, and the mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan who Sally Field is dating is the same character who's like a young gangster assassin in The Long Good Friday. So, mm-hmm. you know what? Same it's the same universe, prove me wrong. Yep. You can't. Okay. Um, you can't. What do I want to I haven't shown my kids Mrs. Doubtfire yet. What do you guys think? Should I has it is it okay uh, to show or not in today's world? I'm not I, I believe I, I watched, I think near the, I think I watched the end of it while on a cruise ship a few years ago. Okay. And I remember it being less cool than I thought it was. Okay. Because when you were a kid, you were like, you went Doubtfire crazy. You just thought it was the coolest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You started dressing like, like Mrs. No Doubtfire. That this movie is fire. Yeah, there's no doubt this movie is fire. Because I have been, my, my kids have been watching Aladdin a lot recently, and it's a movie that I get a lot of, joy out of but it is like the original animated one but it is like a deeply offensive movie like everything about it is is mm-hmm. is ridiculously stereotyped so maybe i shouldn't show them mrs doubtfire too and maybe whatever just... you whatever you do do not read them the actual correct little mermaid after they've seen the disney because <laughs> it involves her she can't speak every step feels like razors and knives going into her feet the boy ends up marrying someone else. She is assigned by, I think, some sort of sea witch to assassinate his wife. And while standing over him, she breaks, she lo- loses her last challenge, which is do this all before sunrise. And she turns into sea foam and is gone and floats on the cold sea forever. So there's no kiss. Kiss the girl is not in that. It's weird. They uh, weird. They changed the story. <laughs> <laughs> so kiss the girl. Well, what about uh, what about under the sea? Do they sing yes. under the sea? <laughs> yes, that's, yeah, that's all. Okay. Yeah. yeah. They sing this. They sing the song on the surface of the sea. That's what the sea foam sings at the end. Yeah. Um, do they kiss have the girls wh- in there? Is along came a spider? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's full of James Patterson novels. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so funny if James Harrison, he got, it was inspired because he saw the Little Mermaid in the theater and he was like, kiss the girl. What if, what if it was more than one girl and a murder? <laughs> There's something here. He does, I don't know if he still does, you guys live in the New York area. Does he still do his TV commercials where he, he, he advertises yes, his own books? every once in a while, yeah. Oh, I love those. They're so funny. They're, really I good. remember the one for, 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 for Jack and Jill where it's just him holding the book and he goes, Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill, my new novel. And it was like, okay, it's just... Uh, now, Gillian, as a novelist, would you ever consider doing a, an advertisement like this? You got it. You got to do... Come on. and girl. <laughs> You're just like, I'm going, going, gone girl? Jaren's are hot. I'm going girl. What if objects were sharp? 
<laughs> you couldn't take them on planes anymore. <laughs> Wait, they're gonna hurt my sales. <laughs> uh, but you can't, and then you go. But so you can take my book on planes, please. Seriously, you continue to take my books. But on please planes. do. I'm serious, people. Yeah, yeah, this is one sharp object you can take anywhere. Uh, anyway, uh, Mary emerges from that flaming tree. She takes off her mask to reveal her skull face. Ugh, gross. Pretty cool, pretty and the bishop cool. is like. God, help me. He doesn't. Mary vaporizes him, and he just <laughs> yeah, yeah. dissolves into dust. Uh, yeah. And she's, like, teleporting around, shrieking at Fenn and Alice. It feels like Fenn is really the guy she should be mad at, but instead she's really doing her best to not kill him for a while. She, For some reason, she decides to crawl around all scary, creepy-like, like the ring Cricket girl. Creep. It's Cricket creep. Yeah, yeah. the cricket creep. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then she's trying to kill Fenn, but Alice jumps in front and, I guess, blocks the magic with her own Catches body. Catches the hyperblast right in the chest. Shuriken. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately killing Mary, and Mary yeah. looks at the camera and explodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's destroyed, killed her only descendant, so now she she's gone forever. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, The school, and I thought the school looked pretty good. Yeah, that yeah, was pretty yeah. cool. I was, it, I was enjoying that. It was a cool monster face. She had a cool mm-hmm. monster face. Yeah, yep. uh, her MF was was a cool one. That means monster face. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. So the <laughs> that's why when people MF are like MF her, you're like you mean monster face. Monster Thank you very much. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I will take that all day long. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. What's the name, Stuart, of the makeup show where they make the monster faces? Oh, uh, face off. Face off. That's what it is. Yeah, um, yeah. it's great. Yeah. On, oh. <laughs> I did not on what where how, where did it I was find on that? the sci-fi it was on the sci-fi channel it's a reality competition show between Gillian got such a dreamy faraway look in her eye when she heard this existed yeah it's it's probably my favorite of the reality competition shows because it like it's all makeup artists and they like everybody helps each other and they're all like so right. excited and then like <laughs> there is one episode I mentioned this on the show before but it's still worth it where they like teased who the special guest was and all you saw was a silvery white ponytail and I was like is that Julian fucking Sands and I said that out loud to my wife and she's yeah. like what are you talking about and then no it was Rick Baker who is also fucking sweet yeah and then they had like t- it they would had make like more sense uh, and they had like there. Todd McFarlane on one time as a guest and I'm like Charlene this is really cool <laughs> <laughs> like Charlene he owns Two two baseballs that used to be very valuable. Uh, and uh, so uh, he, Fenn is like, he go, he has a very low energy prayer to God where he's like, God, I don't know, whatever I'm supposed to do, please save Alice. And Alice wakes up. She's alive again, but she is once again deaf and mute. The miracles have been rescinded, which means they were not real miracles. Sometime later, it's unclear how much time Alice and Gates and Fenn meet up at uh, Hagen's grave. And uh, the local paper is hiring. And uh, Dr. Gates really wants Fenn to take that job so he can live in town and she can domesticate him, I guess. And Mm. Fenn is like, I believe in miracles now because Alice's revival was a miracle. And they're like, yeah, maybe there are miracles. And then we see another statue of the Virgin Mary crying blood. And you're like, wait a minute, what? Hold on. Because her her, her ancestor's still alive. (laughs) Yeah, I just don't know. Like at that point, like Mary, what? Well, she, Mary can well, come back because Alice her ancestor's still alive. Yeah. So you think Mary uh, would like, was like, no, wait, I'm back. Like she was being dissolved into, into nothingness and then kind of and, pulled herself and back. And it carries along the theme that with every miracle, there's something dark nearby. You know, like the yes. devil builds yes. a house next door. They Not say to a couple quote times Martin that, Luther. Yeah, that Martin Luther said the devil builds a house next to every church, which you got to assume that there's probably a zoning law about that somewhere. You can't, <laughs> uh-huh. like, you can't open a barn in your church, to. but the devil can build a house? That seems crazy. And didn't, 
And didn't Fenn, didn't he get a job working at the local newspaper? And I'm like, how big's this town? I've only seen like five people. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my newspaper is really more of a mimeographed flyer that they paste yeah. on, a, on, the, on the village bulletin board in the yeah, center of town. The, yeah, it's the menu for the local diner <laughs> with all the ads. <laughs> when I say the local paper is hiring, I meant the menu. They need you someone to type see, it oh, up. You know, you know when you're eating at a place that has like a local menu that has local ads, you're like, the food oh, yeah. here is going to be fucking amazing. There's nothing There's nothing that says success to me more than when I go to a diner, I sit down and there's a placemat, and outside the, the diner has the logo of the restaurant in the middle, and outside the, or, the border edge is just ads for local businesses. I say, uh, I'm going like, to eat something great I'm here. getting the yeah. fucking pork roll. This is going to be fire. <laughs> no doubt. There's going to there's gonna be a salad on this menu that has more meat than vegetables in it. It's going to it be It always has, like, everything. That's when you know you're at a good mm-hmm. place, where it's like, do I want the Greek salad, or do I want the mashed potatoes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lobster Thermidor. I like the lobster Thermidor. Do I, do, I want, do I want the lasagna or the sushi or the hamburger or the souvlaki or the, the beef tartare? Or the beef tartare? Yeah. Or this. How's the naan at this place? Tell me. Yeah, how's yeah, it? Yeah. How's, the, how's, the, how's the bulgogi at this place? Should I order the impossible burger that's written into the margins? <laughs> should I get, do I want Ethiopian food or just like a big slice of chocolate cake? There's just too many options. <laughs> I like when a local ad has like just like a caricature of the the guy who owns the business, uh-huh. and everyone, because everyone around town is like, "Yeah, that's him. That's him. Yeah." That's sort of. I mean, as our journalists could tell you, fame is seductive, mm-hmm. yeah. and the hubris of it. Because like, if that guy ever commits a crime, everyone knows what he looks like now. That's a bad yeah. idea. But he's just setting himself up. As we as we have found, <laughs> as we have discovered, this little town. Does not breed very intelligent uh, villains. Oh, Everyone is yep. sort of like, hey, I'm bad. Take this thing I'm giving you. Also, yeah. they need That's to have a fire sale on all those items about with Mary, about the the miracle. I don't know oh, what they're going to do with you, all those. Someone's like, the, uh, the uh, candle, yeah. the personalized candle store was like, we got to close down, no business, ring, ring. A thousand candles with Alice's face on them? <laughs> Certainly. And then... <laughs> Guys, put it into production. We're coming back. Reopen the factory. And then a couple days later, like, I got some bad news. <laughs> the, the boom has ended. It's a bust now. The, the Alice Candle fire bubble has sale. popped. Fire sale. Get I mean, it. I feel like the, I feel like you just immediately sell it all to the, like, I don't know, Morbid Anatomy Museum or something. Oh, that closed, Stuart. Uh, they oh. do a pop-up at the Bell House every once in a while. Oh, okay, okay. Then, yeah, that's fair. there, I'm Ellen Weatherford. And I'm Christian Weatherford. And we've got big feelings about animals that we just gotta share. On Just the Zoo of Us, your new favorite animal review podcast, we're here to critically evaluate how each animal excels and how it doesn't, rating them out of 10 on their effectiveness, ingenuity, and aesthetics. Guest experts give you their takes informed by actual, real-life experiences studying and working with very cool animals like sharks, cheetahs, and sea turtles. It's a field trip to the zoo for your ears. So if you or your kids have ever wondered if a pigeon can count, why sloths move so slow, or how a spider sees the world, find out with us every Wednesday on Just the Zoo of Us, which can now be found in its natural habitat on MaximumFun.org. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Strange planets. Curious technology and a fantastic vision of the distant future. 
featuring Martin Starr. So we're going on day 14. Shuttle still hasn't come. Aparna Nancherla. The security system provides you with emotional security. You do the rest. Echo Kellum. Can you disconnect me or not? Hurry Kondabolu. I'm staying. From Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Jeffrey McGiver. Could you play Cindy Lauper's Girls Just Want to Have Fun? It's The Outer Reach. Stories from Beyond. Now available for free at MaximumFun.org or anywhere you listen. The Flophouse is sponsored in part by Storyblocks. Storyblocks makes it possible for creators to keep up with the growing demands for modern video content so you can bring all your stories to life and stop sacrificing your vision due to time, budget, or resources. Storyblocks' unlimited all-access plan gives you unlimited downloads of the over 1 million-plus assets in their library. You can try out multiple options quickly and find the perfect fit so you can create more and spend less. Restock is their commitment to increase representation in stock media by hiring creators from marginalized communities to create content that is more reflective of the diverse world we live in. Stay on budget while telling the best version of your story with the most affordable subscription plans and tools on the market that scale to meet your needs. Uh, I've used Storyblocks myself. I find it Easy to use, high quality video, uh, very, you know, like basically anything you could think of. Type in for search, you can find it. So if you're what, interested, Dan, what, what did you, oh. Dan, what did you type? What did you type in to find the shot of slices of ham on a plate that you used? Uh, I think I just typed ham in, and uh, there were many different options, and I chose mm-hmm. what I deemed to be the funniest stock footage of ham. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But uh, you can explore their library and subscribe today at storyblocks.com slash flop. That's storyblocks.com slash flop. The Flop House is also sponsored in part uh, by Smalls. Uh, Give your feline friend protein-packed meals they'll crave with Smalls. Smalls is fresh, human-grade food for cats delivered right to your doorstep. All cats are obligate carnivores. They need fresh, protein-packed meals. Conventional cat food is made using low-quality, cheap meat byproducts, grains and starches coated in artificial flavors. With the help of cat nutritionists, Smalls develops complete and balanced recipes for all life stages. Small's recipes are gently cooked to lock in protein, vitamins, minerals, and moisture. Better air quality ingredients means a better, healthier life for your cat. Since switching to Small's, cats have experienced improved digestion and a less smelly litter box, Dan. Mm. Softer, shinier coats. I haven't been pooping the litter box. I don't know why you said it that way. Maybe Mm. it's time for you to start because someone's got to make up for that lessened smell. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Plus better breath. Uh, I have a couple of picky kitties at home, and one of the nice things with Smalls is they give you a little guide on how to slowly introduce Smalls into their dietary regimen, and it seems to be working, particularly uh, for one of my cats that has a tooth problem. Obviously, send your best wishes to me on Twitter. Meatball's having a little bit of a tooth issue, but I think he'll be okay in the long run. Read them all to Meatball, I assume. So you can go over and take a short quiz on smalls.com slash flop to customize your sampler and then use the code flop for a total of 30% off your first order. That's right. That's smalls.com slash flop. Code flop. Do either of you have stuff to plug? 
Always. I own a couple of small businesses. They're bars in New York City, uh, Brooklyn to be specific. And you know what? We'd love you to come by and say hi. Interlands Bar in Kensington or Minnie's Bar in Sunset Park. Just come on by and say hi. Why not? And in time for a Shocktober, that's right. I'll have a new uh, collection of my comic book, Maniac of New York, coming out in early November, it turns out. So just just when you're all scared out from Halloween, keep that scare going, because I think it comes out the first week of November, the collected trade of the first five issues of Maniac of New York from Aftershock Comics. It's great. It's the story that asks, what if Jason Takes Manhattan was good? Um, and, <laughs> boom, bam, 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 shots fired, shots fired. took place primarily in Manhattan. <laughs> Yes, it actually took place in Manhattan, yeah. Uh, And there'll be a second Maniac of New York series uh, starting at the beginning of next year, but the issues are starting to be available for pre-order. Go to your local comic book store, tell them, I want the Maniac of New York trade paperback, and I want to start getting the issues for Maniac of New York Volume 2, The Bronx is Burning. The first Mm -hmm. one's called Maniac of New York Volume 1, The Death Train. Uh, Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, get ready to buy them. Go to your comic book store and pre-order them. Tell them to order them for you so that make, you can just make go in mine and pick them up. Make Mine Maniac. Yeah, thank York. you. Thank you. Yeah, from the Merry Mar- Maniac Marching Society, say, Make Mine Maniac. Face front, true believers. Excelsi scare. <laughs> Can't say. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I guess on that note, we'll get back to the meat of the show. What? Gross. I don't know why I said it Disgusting. that way. <laughs> Let us do a final judgments, okay. uh, a Shocktober final judgments about this. I get if you want, sure. Whether this movie, <laughs> I got, I got thank you for the, okay. the validation. Uh, is this movie totally sure. scarify, okay. <laughs> totally snorifying, uh-huh. or frighteningly funny? I'm gonna say why not. I'm wow. gonna go and I'm gonna say it's snorifying. Give it to us. Sure. I the the thing oh, about okay. this movie. All right. Sure. <laughs> in Keep the mini we released <laughs> last week, uh, we talked a bit about. Midnight Mass, and it was. I was thinking about how, like, the I guess slight thematic spoilers for Midnight Mass, but like the I, the notion that appealed to me about that show was that uh, you know these characters could go through this like horrifying experience, and because they're seeing it through the lens of religion, misinterpret it as uh, being you know, a, a miracle, a blessing. Mm-hmm. And like the tragedy of it is, you know, a genuinely good man of God, like making that mistake. Um, and this movie has a lot of the same ideas, you yeah. know, it's like, oh, what if like we misinterpret these miracles as being good, mm-hmm. but just <laughs> does it in such a just slow way. Like the the only way you're gonna get scared watching this movie is if you fall asleep and have a nightmare during the span. I mean, like, it's, yeah, it'll be like you, the, you get an email that has bad news about yeah. your car insurance. <laughs> so, so anyway. Dan, you're saying that what Puck says at the end of Midnight's uh, Midnight uh, Midsummer's Night's Dream is what you're hoping yeah. for with this movie that you fall asleep yes. and you and you ha- enjoy something. Yeah. Yeah, this movie was uh, yeah totally snorifying. Yeah, I feel like uh, to. To draw comparisons to another uh, another thing that is another Netflix property, uh, the Fear Street uh, series, I feel like dealt with a similar type of like evil spooky thing from the past uh, in a much more fun way. So watch that instead. Uh, this was snorifying. No, thank you. Mm. Uh, I'm also going to say snorifying. I think there was I, when it first started up, 
I was ready to give it the benefit of the doubt because it yeah. was like it was okay. Like the, the it, oh, it starts out okay, and then it just kind of treads water for most of the movie. But like I said, I think it's horrifying. But like I said, if you are trying to introduce the idea of horror movies to like a kid, like an adolescent, this might not be the worst one because it's not really that scary, and it kind of gets the idea across what a scary movie is like. As opposed, like when I was a kid, I jumped into the deep end way too quickly, and I didn't watch horror movies mm-hmm. for a while after that because they were too much for me. But if I had seen something like this, I would have been like, "Oh, okay, yeah, I can watch horror movies." So it's like mm-hmm. a training wheels horror. It's like a like yeah. baby's first horror movie, you know, which is horrifying <laughs> to someone like me who's seen it all and needs increasingly yeah, extreme gore to even just yeah. get, to even just get my fear yeah. boner up, you know. So. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, fear boner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, Cenobites, is that all you got? Give me more, please. I'm like, yeah, exactly. So he's got pins in his head, big whoop. Yeah. Okay, oh, sure. Oh, fish hooks through my eyes. Oh, ho-hum, who cares? <laughs> uh, but Gillian, what did you think? Um, I would say, uh, you know, huge points for getting this done during COVID. I sure the mm-hmm. fuck didn't get anything done during COVID. Um, and I would also... Note that as someone who has written and done uh, movies and TV, I would like to invite anyone involved with this <laughs> with this project to make fun uh-huh. of me, and they can come on my Twitter guest Twitter, and we will they can mock anything they want. So I would like to offer that. No one else, no one else <laughs> in the world should ever say anything bad. But, uh, but because, anyone involved with the production of the Unholy, <laughs> yeah. it's a free pass. You get a pass. Free pass. Yeah. We might re-meet on, you know, if you guys can turn over the, uh, I think it'd be the world's most exciting podcast for you. They come back and people just take hits. But, um, uh, so yeah, no, it, it, I agree with you kind of Elliot that it was sort of, it gives you, it has all the rhythms there, but I, you know, I felt like no one's heart was maybe entirely in it. Sort of like, let's, let's. Make this thing. And I can only assume budgetary constraints. And- yeah. I think it was, it's, it would be interesting to see what is the version of this that isn't, because I who knows how much they had to rewrite possibly to get yeah. around what they, what the constraints were and, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like and by that time it starts getting like, a, like an Ed Wood where yeah. Bella Lugosi yeah. is just like, let's make this fucker. Uh, <laughs> hold those tentacles, like make them look like they're moving. Gotta, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm tempted now to to read the Wikipedia summary of the novel. Maybe maybe that's more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> or you could read the novels too. I mean, like no, just, oh, oh, I guess life's whoa, too whoa, short. I, yeah. yeah, you're like I kind of have some Warhammer books to reread. So. Mm, oh, that's nice. Some Warhammer rules manuals to read. Yeah. <laughs> so you read you read that, and then you report back to us the even more condensed version. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> uh huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. I love yeah. it. I love it. Okay. Let us. What's uh, the next section of this podcast? Let's do letters. Dan? Why oh, not? That's okay. usually what happens. If you let's want. Let's do letters. Why not? Listeners. I mean, I thought maybe today like was going to be the day when we took an abrupt left turn and just started. <laughs> nope. I don't know, reviewing pastas, but okay. Yeah, we could, we could do letters too. Sure. <laughs> be pretty good. Bucatini is a good one. Anyway. Uh, I found let's... nothing silly about Fusilli. It takes its job seriously and it does it well. Four stars. Mm. <laughs> Let me tell you something about Cavatelli. It's delicious. <laughs> run, <laughs> run! Don't walk to get some spaghetti. <laughs> it's my pasta no. pick of the day. 
Wait, wait, I want to go. I want to go. Uh, yeah, yeah, come on, join in, join uh, in, make Dan mad. Uh, 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 let's pin a review of this pin A. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a little obvious, but, you know, I'm, I'm a get in, here. Get in your RAV4 and pick up some ravioli uh, down at the local pasteria. They, they may be named after little ears, but there's nothing gross <laughs> about Orchetti. You'll want to pop this ZD into yeah. your mouth. Oh, you look oh. you look fetting genie tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, come on, don't fight it. <laughs> you probably know more pastas than the rest of us put together. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I I think you took the good ones. Anyway, um, <laughs> this letter is from. It's a shell of a good pasta. That's for shell J- pasta. Mm. Yeah, Jack. <laughs> Jackie, last name withheld. Writes, hiya, fellas. A few years ago, the British charity Comic Relief produced a mini-sequel to the bafflingly enduring and creepy Christmas movie, Love Actually. The 15-minute film had no real plot, but was a series of vignettes that updated the viewer on the original character's current lives. And it weirdly works. Obviously, there's not much. There's not. There's not more story that needs to be told in the sexist, transphobic, fat-shaming, boundaries-ignoring universe of Love Actually. This movie does not need a full-length sequel, but getting to take a tiny glimpse of popular and beloved characters is intriguing. What movie would you like to see a mini sequel of? One that you are very satisfied with its conclusion, but wouldn't mind having a little check-in with your favorite movie pals. Thank you much, Jackie. Last name withheld. How about this one? Feel, <laughs> feeling formal? Why don't you dress up your dinner with some bow tie pasta? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> How about that one? <laughs> I far fell for far folly. <laughs> Uh-huh. Okay, sequels, like even a little short check-in sequel to movies we love, uh, movies where we just get to hang out with our friends. Obviously, I'm going to say Suspiria. <laughs> <laughs> just want to see what's going on in that dance studio, man. It's so yeah. much fun. I love it. How did it. they come back from that? Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe fast forward a couple of years, see what life's like in uh, Germany then. Who knows? I love the idea of it's like a meeting of the board of the dance academy, and the, they bring in the new dance head, and she's like, I know we have a lot of baggage to get through. When this, we got to bring we got to bring back the name of this dance to you. But I think we could do it. This academy, yeah. Um, I, I one of my so Dan, so wait, so Dan, you were admonishing us to pay it to be good no, and not do more pasta I, you know, jokes. It all just seemed really fun. And now so. he's googling pauses and he's licking his lips. Yeah, now I'm just now I'm just hungry. For I was just cooking pasta. in the background there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dan, no, I mean, Dan's, Dan's slow evolution into Garfield continues apace as he becomes obsessed with pasta. Yeah, sure. I just, I just want to see. Uh, yeah, I want to see. I just want. I mean, I would want a full sequel to the guest. I guess if I, but, mm-hmm. but it would be fine if it was just kind of like we got to see Dan Stevens walk around a little bit more, and there'd be some cool like synth wave on the soundtrack and some old, old uh, deep cuts from the eighties. Yeah, I mean, I feel like something like uh, I wouldn't mind. Uh, like a little check-in with uh, the characters from Hot Fuzz, even if it's a short one, because I love those guys. I feel like Edgar Wright is pretty good at, like, doing stuff like that. I know on the, like, the DVD box of Spaced, they did, like, a very brief, like, hint at where those characters might be years down the line. Do you have anything, guys? I I recently watched Never Too Young to Die. 
little John Stamos, Gene Simmons. Uh, oh, yeah. With a young John Stamos as a gymnast. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't mind continuing that track because those two were <laughs> thrilling on screen. And among, uh, I think, similar to the, I would... I was always, I, I mean, it's satisfying to get it wraps up, but I always hated that question mark at the end of Flash Gordon as a kid because I was like, mm-hmm. there's so much more to explore there. I want those mm-hmm. characters. Like, I mean, like, I did think that that was a totally viable alter universe that I would like to stay in and yeah. hang out in and see more about, like, what happened, like being the Merciless and Cameron's daughter's name, but obviously Dale Arden. Um, uh-huh. There's more adventure to be had there, I say. Uh, I, um, I'm curious about what happened to the characters in my second favorite movie of all time. That's right. Shadow of a doubt. Uh, you found out your uncle was a murderer. He died on a train while trying to kill you. How do you deal with that? What's what, what, how you, and now (laughs) there's this cop that is clearly a lunkhead, uh, who is on the case is in love with you and you got to figure out how to put him down easily, you know, gently. Um, so I kind of want to know what, what happens to young Charlie at the, you know, after that movie. Um, but otherwise, I started thinking. I was like, I started thinking about Gremlins, and like, I, I, I would want to see where Gizmo's at now. Wait, but I would want a whole sequel of that. I don't want a yeah, yeah. sequel. Uh, yeah. So it would, would be interesting. See. It'd be interesting to see like the gang from Pretty and Pink together now, being like, "Wow, we were said awful, awful things back then," and just having a full reckoning oh, of like, should yeah. we be canceled? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. Or like uh, the the cast of the Big Chill, and they're all like Trump voters now. Like they've they've gone over there. They're, <laughs> they just reached that point, and they're like, mm, but they still listen to Motown music. They're like I can't be racist. I listen to this music all the time. You know. And the baby that Kevin Klein was supposed to impregnate is forty now. Yeah, that would be crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, oh, well, Jesus. well, what about three men and a baby? Where's that? Where's that little where's lady that now? Where's that? You know, where's the yeah. little lady? Where's uh, or Jim Cotta? Yeah, we got to make that sequel soon. I mean, all the all the three men are still with us. We got to strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, Dan, yeah. Dan you now and that- I were talking about our <laughs> Gutenberg love. I hey, I'd watch a sequel to the Diner again. See, like. What those guys are doing, I don't feel mm-hmm. like. Well, I don't feel like answers well. <laughs> Damn, I mean, I I'd, lo- I'd love to see like big, tr- like the characters from Big Trouble in Little China get oh, another yeah. adventure in a like a, a different sort of situation. How about Remo get- Williams? The adventure begins, which never the did. Uh, continue. The adventure yeah. Yeah. continued. I love yeah. Fred Ward with all my heart. Uh, Joel Gray's performance you, doesn't age super well and was probably <laughs> super offensive at the time, but yeah, yeah. Wait, everything else. Joel sure. Gray's performance uh, is the like martial arts master. Okay, we'll, we'll cut that. Part <laughs> yeah, yeah, that won't be in the sequel. That. I don't yeah. think so. Nope. nope, doesn't make it. Dan, I guarantee you, someone is pitching three old men and a baby right now, where it's the, the same three men, but they're old now, but they got to take care of like their daughter's baby, their granddaughter. Oh, no, baby. you're yeah. totally oh. right. Yeah. And it, somehow oh, it's going to be in part of the Ghostbusters universe or something. I don't know. Yes. Oh, it's no, going to be Ghostbusters presents three ancient men and a little lady. <laughs> Ghostbusters presents. <laughs> and, and, the, and the Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters have moved into yeah, production. That's their job and, and now. It, it, opens, it opens with Ernie Hudson walking out and he goes, the Ghostbusters just loved this story so much that we had to put our weight behind it. And we just want to make sure to bring it to you, a wider audience that might otherwise see it. And so enjoy three, old, three ancient men <laughs> and a baby. <laughs> We want to make it clear to you, there are no ghosts in this movie, unlike the original <laughs> Three Men and a Baby, which famously had a ghost in one scene. There yeah. are no ghosts in this story. <laughs> and then you hear, think, Slimer! 
and it, he wriggles across the screen really quickly. I've been yeah. I've been hearing early reports from about the new Ghostbusters movie that a deceased actor shows up as a ghost, and I'm mm. so fucking bummed. Yeah, like ugh. No, th- stop like, it. Just, just no, fucking stop no. it, guys. Just Everyone because you can shit. doesn't mean you should. Which way? Is it Richard Widmark? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't want to spoil the movie for me, Elliot. I was yeah. trying to think. I was trying to think. I was like, it's not going to be Elisha Cook Jr., but maybe Richard Widmark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of all the, of all yeah. the deceased actors. Yeah. Uh, one more letter. Uh-huh. Uh, this is from Selena Last Name Withheld, who writes, I'm a librarian and cataloger by day. And I guess that's about it. Okay. While I was on break at (laughs) At work. At night I sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I decided to check in to see if our favorite peaches had entries on Library of Congress. In the industry, if you do, you've made it. Imagine my surprise to see all three Flophouse boys with their very own name authorities. And two had not just their name, but something you're known for. For Dan, it's McCoy, Dan, parentheses, comic book writer because out of the entire bunch you're best known for writing comics for elliot it seems inaccurate but uh, elliot, okay he's... dan remind me again how many comics you've written was it one <laughs> mm-hmm. well we wrote a couple for the flop house so three. there's no way those <laughs> were in the gotcha. library of congress gotcha. though. <laughs> for uh for elliot he's kaylin comma elliot 1981 dash as oh, we all good, know, I'm still alive. Alive. Oh, Elliot this is was not the way I wanted known. to find out that I had died. <laughs> As we all know, Elliot is best known for being born. But then we reach Wellington <laughs> Wait, Commons. So it doesn't even say like author or anything like that? It nope. just, just <laughs> okay, there. Then we reach Wellington, comma, Stewart, who is bereft of a title by which we can differentiate him from all the other Stuart Wellingtons. So mysterious. My question for you is. What should Stewart's Library of Congress uh, dollar sign mm. C parentheses titles and words associated with a name uh, never stop flopping? Selena, last name withheld. I, th- I think I think it should just say hashtag blessed. Mm. <laughs> Man slash myth <laughs> slash legend. Castle freak booster. True. <laughs> nice. Can't argue with that. Yeah. It should say Stuart is for Wellington, comma, Stuart, parentheses, equally funny, close parentheses. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's enough for me. <sighs> Those are fun. Those I'm just happy. Fun I'm letters. just happy to be involved. You know, <laughs> just happy to be here. Just happy to be That's here. That's what it should say. Just happy to, I mean, be, just here. to be here. That future generations who are just scrolling through the Library of Congress name listings <laughs> will be like, who was he? What did he do? Mm-hmm. What a yeah. mystery. Uh-huh. That's pretty yep. cool. All right. Well, let's uh, uh, put a cherry on this flop house Sunday of Shocktober. I we don't know. I started that yet, before dude. really having a clear idea of where it was headed. Put the top, well, I think that's the what top he's... back on the No, by, by doing recommendations. By oh, doing, okay. That was, sorry, was, let, me, let me back up. That was let me back up the Stuart, the Stuart truck. Beep, 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 beep. beep. Okay. Hold on. Let me turn on my robot voice. Does <laughs> <laughs> that sound and, uh, robot-y now? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty Not good. for us, but I'm assuming, yeah, I mean, for it sounded pretty na- robot-y. National and international audience, I want them to have that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> international audiences. Love robots. Uh, now we're, we're doing recommendations. That's what them. I was... You can't live without them. That song was about robots? Yeah. You didn't know that? I you didn't realize think. that. You guys got to think. Open your third eye. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Really you got to open that third eye. Flint. 
Um, recommendations. I'm going to recommend, um, usually this is the part of the show where we recommend uh, movies. good movies to watch. I am going to uh, go the opposite direction and recommend a bad movie, but a bad movie that wow, unlike... Bizarro just showed up. Unlike <laughs> the... Un- <laughs> unlike Me, I'm the hate un- movie. <laughs> Uh, unlike the unholy, you will have a good time watching this. Uh, last night, I had a, a small gathering of folks for a Halloween thing. Uh, all vaccinated, we're all doing just fine. Uh, and did my, we watched, uh, I noticed my invitation never arrived. Was it lost you, uh, in the email? You live or? in Los Angeles, which is yeah, I didn't see either of you guys on the other coast. <laughs> Sorry that you did not get an invite, but we watched. Uh, Stuart was here. We watched Grizzly to the Revenge, uh-huh. which yes. uh, was very good. <laughs> as a no, bad movie. T- technically I'm, an inter- interrupt, Dan. Tell us what you were going to say. Technically <laughs> not a yeah, finished movie. I have so much to say to you about this offline, including <laughs> my best friend who you're supposed to be best friends with, who wrote a big, long article about it recently that you will love. Oh, okay. great, I'll, great, great. Yeah, I'll channel offline. But yes, I totally agree with you. I would throw in, um, which most horror films probably or fans probably know about, but I had not seen, which is Dead and Buried, the 1981 kind of amazing Film, Ooh, I saw that one. not imp- imperfect, but not that imperfect, with Melody Anderson, which is, I guess, mm. why I had Flash Gordon on my mind. And yeah. most importantly, Grandpa Joe from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory as a oh. mysterious and possibly menacing figure in this town in which people make it dead and buried. Oh, this is a movie. screenplay by Dan O'Bannon. Yeah. I that p- cover I remember. I've never mm-hmm. seen it, though. I put this on my want to see during the Halloween movie season sort of uh, letterboxed list, and uh, I, I started watching it, but I haven't had a chance to finish it. I heard only good things about this movie. Dead and buried. Oh, that's cool. It ain't perfect, but very eerie and cool, and definitely very cool. And uh, with, <laughs> although with a mystifyingly just awful cop as its lead, just absolutely yeah. bumbling, but sexy. Uh, b- <laughs> uh, before uh, before we move along entirely, though, I do want to say about uh, Grizzly too. The beautiful thing about it is it got it started shooting in '83. Then they finished it last year with a bunch of like stock footage of bears, basically, and it is so just and some concert goers. <laughs> it is an object lesson in trying to solve, uh, uh, like save an unfinished movie with editing and failing totally. Like it is seventy four minutes. They just like dragged it over the finish line. It's really funny uh, how silly it is. And I mean the start like. The star power involved in it, Dan. Yeah. We have a scene with Charlie Sheen, George Clooney, Laura Dern, and then later on, Gimli himself, Jonathan Reese Davies shows yeah. up. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh Stu, do it's you great. wanna Hell yeah, I want to go. I'm going to recommend a movie that's not a horror movie. What? I'm going to recommend a movie called Pig, starring Nicolas Cage. It's a movie about <gasps> a hermit who is a Kermit? truffle hunter. Kermit a hermit. The frog? Nope, a hermit. not a Kermit. It's a hermit, and he's a truffle hunter, and he has a truffle hunting pig, and then some fucking ass wipes steal his pig, and he's got to get that shit back. It is easily my favorite John Wick movie. I love it. It's very much a Pacific Northwest movie. It's beautiful. It has a really great performance from Alex Wolf, who you would know as the sad kid from Hereditary, and apparently a sad kid from Old, but I have not seen it yet. Uh, and it also has a really great performance from Adam Arkin. Uh, it is great. Uh, I totally recommend it. 
Yep, check it out. So, Pig. So, Stuart, I have seen I've seen the previews for it and been quite interested, but they I feel like they're almost deliberately marketing it as a haha laugh at this movie, but it's it's it is not legit like that at great. All. It's, it's great. It's legit I mean, great. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I just wanted to it be is clear. not it, it is not a tongue in cheek. It is uh, it's not the it's, like wacka wacka birdemic part two. No. Oh. It's it's a great movie. It's fun. It's it's one of my favorites of the year. Easy. Right on. No question. Elliot. Do they play do they play the overkill song pig at any point during mm-hmm. it? Uh-huh. Yep. All, the whole time. That's the. Really it's, it's a really weird choice. Yeah, constantly. You can't hear any dialogue. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that seems like a big mistake. Uh, I'm gonna uh, recommend. A, I'm gonna recommend a movie that I'm surprised you guys hadn't recommended up till now, since it's October and we're doing horror movies. Then I'm gonna recommend *Malignant*, the James Wan movie from mm. well, like a month ago or so. I guess. Yeah. Um, it is, and it's a. It's also great. That's a great movie. So, what? Yeah, right yeah. It, and it's. A movie that, if I was going to explain it best, it would be like, here's a premise that David Cronenberg would have done in, like, the early 80s or mid-80s, and but they're going to do it not tongue-in-cheek, but kind of, like, as as style out as they can, like, kind of as unnatural style as they can in a lot of ways. But then it's going to get it filtered kind of through the kind of action you expect to see in a superhero movie uh, at a certain point. So there's a – it's a movie that has a kind of slow burnish open or for a slow burnish first hour where you're kind of like i see where this movie is going and plot wise i saw where it was going but i did not expect where it was going to go gore wise where it just went like it just the body count on it by the end was the exact opposite of the unholy i was like there's a lot of people dying in this movie in this thing but um and there's a a scene where the bad guy throws a chair across the screen and it smashes somebody and it's so fucking funny. Yeah. And it, it's a movie that is like, I, I mean this in the best possible way, is like <laughs> high gloss trash, you know? Like it's not, right. there, it is not trying to elevate yeah. the horror movie except in just doing this type of movie at a high level of production, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's it, it's, it feels like a very fun kind of mash of modern horror style and that, that kind of 80s horror style where um, everything was about medical experiments gone wrong or like uh, there was always there was somebody always a doctor taking notes on videotape about some strange uh case that they're dealing with like so it's a i really enjoyed it though i i I know a bunch of people talked to me they're like i didn't like it it was too crazy and i watched it and i was like well this is just the movie that i wanted it to be yeah sure yeah so that's malignant malignant i find that less and less you do you get those movies that are just like we're going to be a, a very fun B to B plus movie. That's all we're trying to be. We're going to entertain you. Like put yourself in our hands. You're in, you're out. And because it's just, it feels like it's either these kind of spiritless, um, you know, by the books or so over the top that there's way too much at stake. And then they ruin it by yeah. formulaic. I just like those ones that feel like they're, they just came from someone's head. Like you, where yeah. you can fill that person's personality Good and you're choice like, choice of words for this I, movie. <laughs> yeah, especially, <laughs> but yeah, there, there's a, there, like a, the mo- last movie we did on the flop house was a, t- was an adaptation of turn of the screw, which felt like it was yeah. so bending over backwards to be respectable. You know, that it yes. was never kind of like scary or 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 cool or gross or anything like that. But then, yeah, there's I, I the movies that are kind of like 
uh, have you ever seen someone's face get mashed with a brick into a car while a dog's attacking them? Uh-oh. And then, like, and then somebody makes a joke about it. Like, that's not, I don't want to see that either. Like, yeah, I want right. the characters in the movie, at least, to be, right. be affected by what's going on, you know? Yes. yes. Yeah, the, yeah, and the, I feel like it's so, I mean, it's, it's so common for horror movies to be either what you just described or, like, drenched in, like, sparse strings and like creepy doll houses in the background. (laughs) And like, it's like, no, it can be, it can be a little fun too. Like, like being scared is fun. That's why people are here. They don't want to like be depressed for two hours. That's why they watch something else. And you only get, you only get two cheap jump scares. (laughs) Yeah. That is it. Anymore. You're done. Yeah. Well, well, it's like, I feel like you could jail. After Walk a certain away. amount of jump scare, yeah, jump scare jail, where they keep jumping at you. Huh? Taste your own medicine, <laughs> God, huh? Awful. There's like a cat in a cabinet, and then around the corner, you trip over something. Every time you lift up the toilet seat, there's the, this yeah. like a like a lizard there's, jumps out at you. There's the mirror that you smudge through, and it's like, ah, oh, goes behind me. Yeah. You yeah. always got to shake out. Got to shake out your shoes every morning. Got to shake out your shoes in case there's like a Venus flytrap or something in there that's yeah, going to yeah. jump out and snap at you. Yeah, every yeah. time you wake up, you're like, oh, is that a scary guy? Oh, no, that's just a hat rack with a coat on it. <laughs> hmm. uh, I'm being su- suffocated. Oh, it's a blanket. Oh, oh never mind, never mind. Oh, wait, mines are just closed. I mean, I guess that is that is the guy in uh, the guy in the Sandman comic who, who is it? He, who gets punished by constantly waking up to nightmares and then waking up from them to new nightmares, you know? Like, yeah. that's kind of that. Wes Craven's they, they, new nightmare? Yeah, yeah. He keeps That'd waking up great. to the movie Wes Craven's new nightmare. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. why can't I just finish it? I keep waking yeah. up after the first half hour. Uh, but it's, um, yeah, to see a movie that, if, I feel like if you can you can justify a couple of jump scares if you then pay yeah. off with real scares. And this is a movie where it's like, Here's some real crazy stuff for you. There's one scene later on that was a little too much for me where a character is in a jail cell and she is surrounded by the most cartoonishly kind of like stereotyped people you would see in a lady's jail cell. And I was like, in- including, you're not trying Including veteran stunt woman Zoe Bell. I mean, everybody in the oh, room, yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone on, on screen does fine. Just the fact that there's like, they're all dressed up like the, like you would see in a cautionary tale about life in the big city in the 70s. Yeah, you uh, know? yeah, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> like, like a streets of rage <laughs> level. Or that yeah. they're like about to go uh, before Judge Harry on night court or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, what? It, okay, there's there's your there's your horror reboot. You do a horror <laughs> reboot of night court where there's, I don't know, like a, one of the hookers awesome. they bring in is a Could vampire or something. you imagine if like you know? Bull showed up at that? fucking jail cell layer he's like ladies it's time to oh my god <laughs> but uh but if you want a fun uh horror raid over the top movie this is a it's a good one for you yeah uh gillian was dead and buried your official recommendation or did you have yes. something else i just okay. that's, that was my official well in that case count it that's four uh, is we there did anything recommendations I don't know. Is there anything you'd like the, our, our tiny audience compared to your large audience to know? Uh, anything you want to plug? Just uh, that I'm happy to be here. That's well. And yes, I'm working on the next novel. That's what I get. Whenever I okay. go on Twitter, that's all I get. I can post anything about, you know, like Biden has taken over the world and is awesome. And people will be like, when's your next novel? Get yeah. back to work. No, like yeah. I, had a, I had a good day, you know. It it was really good for my mental health. They're like, mm, that's really nice. I hope that helps you write more. <laughs> I yeah. And, yeah, I can't read well, your good create day. Create more at content. Home. Yeah, we'll take. Yeah. We'll, yeah. Let us take some of your heat because I was. Uh, we were texting and you were saying that you watched, you know, the first half uh, in the background 
of all of the, all of the movies we suggested you could possibly <laughs> do. And I was like, oh, that's a lot of time to spend on this. And you're like, uh, well, you know, like bad I'm day, writing, writing but, 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 but let's, uh, we can take the heat by saying like, we're preventing, uh, Gillian Flynn from finishing her next book mm-hmm. by having her watch the first half of a bunch of movies. Well, luckily it'll be different with next week's guest, George R. R. Martin. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, <no>. uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I actually have the same editor as as George. So oh, man. Oh, talk about a cushy job. Throw it her Just way. Sit around, wait all day for books that don't come in. Amazing. <laughs> well, okay. Um, it has been it has been an absolute delight, you guys. As uh, have me back for the uh, Easter Passover episode. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Gosh, I mean, we should do that. Arbor Day, the- whatever you got. Uh-huh. I will. I got lots of tree movies to discuss. <laughs> Holiday Gillian, we'll call. <laughs> uh, but well, uh, before we go, uh, just quick thanks to our editor Alex Smith uh, and producer uh, yep. who uh, makes us sound uh, okay, passable, mm-hmm. yeah. like a robot. <laughs> any any problems uh, in the recording are our fault, and not Alex, who does amazing work. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you to. Maximum Fun, our network. Go check out MaximumFun.org for other uh, podcasts. But for the Flophouse, I've been Dan McCoy. I am Stuart Wellington. I'm Elliot Kalin, and we've been joined by... Me, Gillian Flynn. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Recording. Okay, and we'll just assume you don't sound like a robot. That'll be. It's not a robot. It's not a robot. so funny if, as a, as a joke, you did it as a robot without telling us. And we I look swear. back and we're like, that's why she kept mentioning robots during the whole thing. So her batteries were low. Trying to see if anyone was paying no. attention. She was the girl from Small Wonder, all grown up. Um, <laughs> but she didn't talk like a robot, no, really? She doesn't grow up, Dan. She's a robot. That's the whole what? thing. She's always going to be a Small Wonder. Oh. He did get you on that one, Dan. He did get you on that one. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.